Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. We begin with breaking news. After weeks of negotiations, Governor Hochul and New York lawmakers reached a tentative budget deal. It includes changes to things like bail reform, minimum wage, and money for the MTA. Indeed, the budget is late and still likely days away from a vote. It totals $229 billion. The governor calls it a conceptual budget. In other words, not quite yet a done deal. Here in New York, the intense cross-examination of columnist E. Jean Carroll in a rape and defamation lawsuit against former President Donald Trump. Donald Trump's attorney grilling E. Jean Carroll, accusing her of making up a rape story to sell a book. For hours, Takapina tried to pick apart Carroll's claim that Trump attacked her in a department store dressing room in the mid-1990s. Thank you, Mr. Goodell. With the 15th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the New York Jets! With the 24th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Deontay Banks, defensive back, Maryland. So as we speak, Joe and Mika and Al Sharpton and Mike Barnacle and all these losers, some lady here too, just freaking out that my main man Joe Tacopina questioned E. Jean Carroll's rape claims in a New York courtroom yesterday. 30 years. Now she's got a book out. Nothing, nothing from E. Jean Carroll for 30 years. And now she's got a book 
And everybody is supposed to believe that E. Jean Carroll is being honest because the name Donald Trump has been attached to this alleged civil crime. 30 years. Nonsense. So you bet your ass Pacapina grilled her yesterday and grilled her good. By the way, we've got Joseph Tacopina on this program coming up at 840. One of the reasons why we're number one. In fact, this whole case, the names you're going to hear this morning are Joseph Tacopina. He'll be on at 840 this morning. And President Donald Trump, whose office called me yesterday, and he will be on next Wednesday, May the 10th, at 8.05 a.m. Not on next week because Trump is on his way to Europe, but he'll be on the following Wednesday, the 10th, at 8.05 a.m. So all the big players in this E. Jean Carroll case, President Trump, Joe Tacopina, all make their home right here on the Sid Rosenberg Show on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Because we uh, we roll like that, uh, Lewis. If it's a big story, we got it. So we'll find out just how much Tacopina grilled E. Jean Carroll. It's funny because last night, you know, we do this uh, three-way text before every Ranger game. Me, Joe Tacopina, and Mr. Peerless Borders himself, Pete Morgan. And the three of us talk throughout the game. And, well, needless to say, it has not been a lot of fun the last three games. Especially last night, the Rangers completely demolished by the Devils. And this goalie, Schmidt, whoever he is, is the greatest goaltender ever. I mean, ever. Forget about Patrick, Wah, any of these guys. This guy's the best ever. So last night, all we did really was talk exclusively hockey. I only asked Joe Tacopino once about the case, and I asked if he was in court today, and he said no. He returns to court on Monday. Otherwise, I didn't even bring it up because I knew he'd be on this morning, and I wanted to get his natural reaction when I say to him, the what kind of horrible person would grill some poor lady who was raped, and then he's going to say, oh, come on, Sid, you know better than that. Blah, 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 blah. And he's right, of course. I, I believe 1,000%. I bet my whole annual salary that Donald Trump did none of these things. None of these things. But that doesn't stop MSNBC. Right now, they're still on it. Still on it. Trump's lawyers question E. Jean Carroll's rape claims. Now, you could have asked any one of these people a month ago who E. Jean Carroll was, Joe Scarborough, Mika Scarborough, any one of these losers, and they wouldn't even know who she was. But now today, she's the most reliable, credible victim in the history of the United States. It's a good thing he uh, he wasn't grilling her after the Ranger game. He <laughs> yeah. wasn't in a very good mood last no, night. I, yeah. I can't Ima- uh, EJ, do you think Jacob Truba <laughs> has got to hit more? That's his now, favorite what- player. I that know, is his I favorite player. Yeah. That's a real guy that I think I has know. disappeared. Hits. Yeah, they've all disappeared, man. They've all disappeared. Come on. Come on. They got nothing from Panarin, nothing from uh, Zabinijad. Kreider had five goals the first three games. Can't find him anywhere. Pat Kane. The list goes on and on. It's just pathetic. I mean, at one point last night, the Rangers are down 2 nothing. They've got a power play in the third period. Like, okay, they score here, you got a shot. 
And Adam Fox tries to hit Panarin with a pass. And the puck hits Panarin's skate. skate. <laughs> and the Devils end up with a 2-1-1 and get a shorthanded goal. You just knew at that point that made it 3 nothing. They lost 4 nothing. But you knew at that point. <laughs> it's over, man. It's just over. So. I was thinking about the montage from game one that you made as I walked game in. Game two also. Oh, oh you were out sick. No, I'm talking about the montage of Granger goals. No, I did the same thing for game two. Oh, all right. Because don't forget, oh, they won right. both I games 5-1. Oh, to right. one. You were out, out sick that thing. second game. So I did the same thing after the second game, both 5-1 to one road wins for the Rangers. And there's not been a montage since. So. Well, there's... The, the key lies between games two and three as to why this is where it is right now because the Rangers let them in the series. Yeah. That's how it, and the yeah. Devils then realized, oh, we can beat them. Now well, we're going to beat them. Listen, that's <laughs> what I see. What happened between games two and three is Lindy Ruff, the head coach of the Devils, made a goalie change. The goalie he used in the first two games allowed 10 goals and four power play goals. Game three, he went to this guy Schmidt. And the Rangers haven't come close since. So that was the key. It's They they made a goalie change. If, if the players were exactly the same, I would say, whoa, what the hell happened? But this guy, say what you want about him, you can't get anything past him. But they only had two shots in the third period last night. Well, that's true, too. The <laughs> Devils' mean, defense is playing yeah, great. I don't really it's like the old days of the, uh, the trap Devils' D with Scott Stevens and Kenny Donico and Anyway, who cares? <laughs> who cares now? I'm on to basketball, yeah. In fact, uh, Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice was really the first ever great Miami Heat basketball player. Way before there was a Dwayne Wade, or Miami got Shaquille O'Neal and won a championship with Dwayne Wade, or Miami got LeBron James and Chris Bosh and won championships with Dwayne Wade. Way before Jimmy Butler, who's been a star there for years now, there was a guy named Glenn Rice. And Glenn Rice went to Michigan when my little baby sister, Elizabeth, went to Michigan as well. In fact, I remember visiting Lizzie on the campus in Ann Arbor many times and going to the Chrysler Arena and watching that Michigan team play. They had guys like Lloyd Vaught, Sean Mills, Romeo Robinson, and Glenn Rice. And Glenn Rice was the best shooter and the best player in college basketball and to this day maybe had the greatest NCAA basketball tournament I've ever seen. It's debatable, but it's up there. And Glenn Rice in Michigan went on to defeat P.J. Carlissimo and Seton Hall to win the national championship when my sister was there. And Glenn went to Miami, and he became a superstar. But it was early days for the Heat. They were just awarded a franchise. They weren't good yet. They had guys like him and a guy out of Syracuse named Ronnie Cycli. So he never got the credit he deserved down there. So I'm doing sports radio in Miami, and every day I'm like, hey, Pat Riley, who, of course, has run the Heat now for the better part of 25 years. I'm like, you got to put Glenn Rice in the rafters. The guy was phenomenal. He was great. He never did. And then Glenn Rice came to New York. This is unbelievable. People don't even realize this. Glenn Rice, believe it or not, was the guy the Knicks acquired in the trade that sent Patrick Ewing out of here. He was the guy they got for Pat Ewing. So long story short, Glenn uh, retired eventually. He won a championship, too, with the Lakers. You know, that Phil Jackson triangle offense. He became the third option along with Shaq and Kobe. And he's been living in Miami ever since. He's a Heat player and a Knick player. And he's going to join us coming up live 
from Miami Beach at 8.05 this morning. Talk about this upcoming series, which has the Knicks hosting the Heat at Madison Square Garden Game 1 on Sunday. The other series from the East is also done now. The Celtics beat the Hawks last night. So you get Philly taking on Boston. So your two series in the East are done. The Knicks and the Heat and the 76ers and the Celtics. Out West, one series is done. They start the Western Conference semifinal Saturday with the Denver Nuggets taking on the Phoenix Suns. The other series, not decided yet, that has Golden State leading Sacramento three games to two, and the Lakers leading the Memphis Grizzlies also three games to two. So a lot going on in sports. You also heard in the open there the draft choices for both the Jets and the Giants. First-round picks, Jets at number 15, Grab an offensive lineman. The Giants traded up and got a defensive back, a cornerback, at pick number 24. But something happened last night that I have to uh, share here. And I hope that John Katzmatidis is listening. He listens every day. He loves this show. He'll be the first to say it. Yes, I work for him. Yes, he pays me. But he and uh, his beautiful wife, Margot, legitimately love this show. Everybody loves this show. Stop. Everybody does. So last night, it's in between periods of the Rangers and the Devils game, and Danielle says, we're out of Q-tips. And I use Q-tips every morning because that's how I clean my ears and whatever. It doesn't matter. So I got to get Q-tips. Also, it's running low on mouthwash. So I used to live on the Upper West Side on 104th and West End, and we did all of our shopping, I mean all of it, at Christidis. At 103rd and Broadway. It's a great Christidi store. And I went there even before I knew John Katzmatidis owned it. It wasn't like, oh, my boss owns it. I went there before I started working for John. And it was always my neighborhood store, Christidi's. So it turns out, since my insurance company relocated me to Battery Park, right there on Liberty Street, literally down the block from my apartment, is Christidi's. It's on Liberty and, uh, well, I forget the other street. It doesn't matter. So I go down in between periods last night. I got to go up uh, quickly. I want to see the second period. I get uh, two boxes of Q-tips and mouthwash. And I go up to the register, and the person recognizes me and says, Wow, you're that radio guy. I said, That's right. I'm Opie Hughes. Kidding. I've got a big story about Opie coming up. Oh, this son of a bitch. I'm going to get him. Anyway, so I said, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's me. I said, you know, it's funny. You and I have the same boss, John Katzmatidis. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. So he rings up my bill, and it came out to like 20-something dollars. And he said, where's your Gristidis card? And I said, you know, it's funny you ask that. I got to think all the employees that John Katzmatidis has – He's got like 19 companies, probably 60,000 employees. I have to think that, A, I'm one of his most valued employees, and, B, maybe, maybe one of his most uh, highly paid employees. That would be my guess. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the energy company, the oil company, I have no idea. But that's my guess. And it occurred to me that I've been going to Gristides for years and years and years and years, Upper West Side, and now downtown Manhattan, and I don't have a Christidis card. Now, look, I don't care. The bill was $24. <laughs> Maybe I got 18 cents off. 
But the thought of it started to bother me. How can I be John Katsimatidis, morning host, as close as I am with John and Margo? You can't get closer. You just can't. And I don't have a Christidis card. So I was kind of embarrassed. I'm like, no, I don't have it. I don't have a card. He's like, yeah, but you're, you're, that, you're the radio guy. I go, yeah, well, I don't have a card. <laughs> yeah. And then I started to get, like, you know, a little belligerent. I started to get angry, you know. Don't ask me about the epping card, okay? I don't have it. <laughs> really, you. So I went upstairs. And I'm like, Danielle, you know, I don't have a Christidis card. She's like, that's okay. You don't have an American Express card either. I said, I know, but it's not exactly the same thing. My guy Joe Parisi walks in. He's walking with boxes of water, that awful sugar-filled flavored water that my son Gabriel loves. Boxes of it. Parisi's the best. Joe Parisi, the absolute best. So anyway, I was aggravated after that. So now the, the uh, Rangers are getting their asses kicked by the Devils. And I don't have a Gristidis card. And it just didn't make for a very good night. But then, then it all turned around. Because I went to my own social media. You can follow me on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. At Rosenberg.Sydney. You can follow me on Facebook, Sid Rosenberg, and on Twitter, which I never use. Haven't tweeted in 10 months. But I'm still there, I guess, at Sid Rosenberg. And I started to see that a bunch of people, Chris Alenzo, the Metropolitan Republican Club, the real Tina Forte, who once again is going to run for political office coming up very, very shortly. All these folks started to repost the two graphics I put up. One, the uh, folks here made it, Stephanie Bongiorno, Gina, and Doug. It looks great. Talking about President Trump coming on May 10th. And the other is a T-shirt that Anthony Barbarisi made, which was a direct quote from President Trump to Joe Tacopina when he texted Tac, and I've got the text, Say hello to number one Sid. I made that into a T-shirt, what Anthony did. So I got these two different posts on the Internet yesterday, and all these people late last night started to repost all this stuff. And that made me happy. And then I found out that Lara Trump, who was really good on this show yesterday, she's on basically every two weeks now. She loves me. She's told Liz Pipko and others, I love Sid. Sid's the best. She said that on the show yesterday. And she's got a Facebook page. She does a lot of interviews all week long. She never really posts anything outside of her own work. But if you go to Lara Trump's Facebook page right now, the top post is her interview with me from this show yesterday. So all the negative feelings about the Rangers and not having a Gristidis card went out the window, and I was happy again. Oh, See that? That's nice. No yeah. lovely story, Lewis. That's a great. I like that kind of story. Yeah. <laughs> You need a Christidis card. <laughs> yeah. If Joe Parisi doesn't walk in this morning, or John or, and Omargo with a Christidis card, I'll be shocked. I can't wait. You have one? Uh, let's check my wallet. You got I nothing. Got, I got no. We don't have a Christidis. Actually, where we live, see, that's the issue. There's no Christidis. Right. Yeah. So we have that uh, stop and shop. Stop shop. Yeah. Yeah. We, Which we is not those. as good as Christidis. No. But that's where we shop. I've seen MJ there many times, your fiance. Yeah, I'll probably go there today and pick up the necessary. She makes you go? Do you no, have a, sto- do you have a stop and shop card? Yeah, I have her stop and shop. Oh, you have hers. Yeah, okay. Whatever. That's yeah. all I need. I got something. Is there a Gristidis in uh, Jersey City, Gnome? I don't even know. They're all over New York City, obviously, but they haven't in uh, Jersey City. 
Unfortunately, no. So what do you have, like Wegmans or something? Or? Uh, no, I think it's... Wawa? Stop and Shop? Well, Wawa shop. is in the in the gas stations. Oh, you have a Stop and Shop, too? I think that's what it is. I what don't do know, you think? You don't go shopping? No. <gasps> really? Yeah, no. I don't usually... See, Jewish men, my wife has no idea how lucky she is. Like, I do laundry. I go shopping. I clean my kids' ass. Like, all my Jewish guys, they don't do anything. They don't do any of that. They don't even know what the supermarket is. I do it all. You don't even know what the supermarket no. is. You do laundry? I, the few times I've gone, I have no idea where to find oh, yeah, anything. Yeah. It's a oh, disaster. Wow. You yeah. do laundry? Uh, no. I don't do you know, I will say this about finding something, and, and this goes right to Parisi. So the Q-tips were very hard to find at this specific Christides downtown last night because they had them with the baby food. And the baby food is, like, all the way in the back. It's actually a very big store. And there's, like, one little shelf with baby food and baby powder, all these baby products. You, you'd you never be able to find that without the help of, like, six different people. So talking about finding stuff, I had a very difficult time finding the Q-tips yesterday. So if you're listening, Joe, you got to fix that. But you got to get a uh, card there. Uh, no, you're a big deal, no? A uh, stop and shop card, you mean? No, Christides. Oh, yeah. Even if you don't go, you just have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think get it's you mandatory. Of, get, get you out of tickets and stuff. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put on your dashboard. Exactly. <laughs> so. so we got Put a big a show. <laughs> we got a big show coming up today. As always, on a Friday morning, the very entertaining Curtis Sleewup. He's going to be here at 705, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. Oh, yesterday the Republicans were at it again. You gotta love it, folks. Led by Jim Jordan and Scalise. We'll talk to Ron Johnson coming up at 740. Former Miami Heat, great and New York Knicks player, Glenn Rice as the Knicks and Heat get going on Sunday. Glenn will join us at 805. And yes, the talk of the town this morning. Donald Trump, defense attorney, and my buddy for 43 years, Joseph Takapina coming up at 840. Plus, who really was the first choice? to replace Imus when it was all over about five years ago. Somebody out there in Radio Land says it was him and not Sid and Bernie. We'll find all that out. Keep it right here, folks. You're going to love this show. Friday morning, Sid Rosenberg, Talk Radio 77, WABC. accident. Trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you, but don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
night And a magic rat drove his slick machine Over the Jersey state line Barefoot girl sitting on the hood of a Dodge Drinking warm beer in the soft summer rain The rat pulls in the town, rolls up his pants Together they take a stab at no mass And disappear down Classic Bruce Springsteen, Jungle Land, on your Friday morning, 6.30. Your number one morning news talk show, 12 Plus in New York City. That's me. Talking about Donald Trump hopping on with us coming up next Wednesday. Not this one, the one after May the 10th, 8.05 that morning. His whole family's excited about it. I can just tell you that. Trump was out there speaking last night at a rally in New Hampshire. He's always great, you know that. He's out there in New Hampshire yelling and screaming about Biden. You know, Biden ain't no good. So let's get to these. You've got uh, three really good Trump cards. Then I've got a really special segment coming up at 640 before Curtis. And if you love radio history like me, I'm a radio junkie. The I Miss Stuff, Opie and Anthony, Bernie and Sid, Howard Stern, all that. I think you're really going to enjoy the 640 segment. But first, here he is, President Trump. On the road last night as he continues to bury DeSantis and everybody else in his way in New Hampshire. And uh, he says, him and Biden, they're about to finish some unsettled business. Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number 19. With your vote on November 5th, 2024, we're going to crush Joe Biden and the, the White House, that gorgeous, beautiful White House. We have to take it back. We're going to beat him at the ballot box, and we're going to settle our unfinished business. It's unfinished. So what's the real threat to America? Is it MAGA or is it the Democrats? Donald Trump, cut number 20. Biden announced his presidential campaign by, get this, a prepackaged video I was going to do that for you today. I'll do a little video, send it up to New Hampshire. You wouldn't have been very happy about that. But when you're running for president, you you think at least one time you'd get up and say, I'm running for president. Uh, Where where am I going? Where the hell am I going? I want to get out. Oh, no, over there, over there. A prepackaged video that took supposedly seven takes to get it right, if right is what you want to call it. In it, he says he's running because Trump and MAGA pose a threat to democracy. Can you believe it? Got to explain. MAGA is make America great again, right? No, no threat there. 
No, it's uh, Biden who poses the threat to democracy because he is grossly incompetent, has no idea what he's doing, and basically he doesn't have a clue, and that's a very bad position to put our country in. Our country is in very, very dangerous, in a very dangerous position right now. Very, very dangerous. So one more from a man, Donald Trump, at his rally in New Hampshire last night. You know that adjective, crooked? You know he's been using that for one politician for many, many years. But Trump said in New Hampshire last night he's ready to retire crooked from one politician and give it to another. Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number 21. This is going to be a major announcement. Are you ready? Is everybody ready? I will be retiring the name crooked from Hillary Clinton and her moniker. And I'm going to give her a new name. I don't know, like maybe lovely Hillary or beautiful Hillary. But I'm going to retire the name crooked so that we can use the name for Joe Biden because he'll be known from now on as crooked Joe Biden. Huh? Huge. You would think that Hillary would be very happy today. She'll be, I think she'll be, she's out there someplace celebrating. Because there's never been anyone in the history of American politics so crooked or dishonest as Joe Biden. So there you have it. He goes from sleepy Joe to crooked Joe. And uh, talking about Joe Biden, he is not going to meet with Kevin McCarthy on that debt ceiling, which is a win right now for the House Republicans and Kevin McCarthy. Talking about debt, we do want to get to Governor Hochul's conceptual agreement on the new state budget, just over $220 billion. We'll get to all of it. we got a great guest list today once again, Curtis Sliwa out of Wisconsin, the great Ron Johnson, former Nick and Heat great player Glenn Rice, Nick's and Heat game one coming up on Sunday, Joseph Tacopino who grilled E. Jean Carroll on the stand yesterday. All that coming up. Also, traffic with Joe Nolan. He's in a good mood today. Bastard. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from the Dominic Carter Show. Here he is, Dominic Carter. Let the games begin. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to take further steps towards launching a 2024 campaign for the White House next month, according to a report by NBC News. The report cites four unnamed Republican operatives that say uh, that they're familiar with the conversations about DeSantis to launch a presidential exploratory committee with an official launch of his campaign to come at a later time. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Yep, I'm here. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers. Not the showing Rangers fans were expecting, as you just heard, out of their hockey team last night in Newark with the Devils beating up on the Blue Shirts to the tune of a 4 to nothing game. Five score to take a three games to two advantage over New York in the series. With their backs up against the wall now, the Rangers head back into MSG for game six where they'll fight for their survival. Puck drop for game six is scheduled for tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. 
heading outdoors now to the diamond. The boys are back on track. We put the Mets and Yankees grabbing wins on the night. Alonzo and McNeil came up big for the Mets and route to their 9-8 victory over the visiting Washington Nationals to salvage that series finale. As for the Yanks, they used back-to-back dingers from LeMahieu and Torres to finish off the Rangers in Arlington by a score of 4-2. Up next for the Mets is a four-game set with the division rival Atlanta Braves set to begin at 7-10 p.m. tonight at City Field. The Yanks get game two of their four-game set with the Rangers tonight at 8.05 p.m. Eastern time in Arlington and NFL draft round one quick recap for your local Jets and Giants and with the 15th overall pick the Jets selected Will McDonald the linebacker out of Iowa State and with the 24th overall pick the Giants selected Deontay Banks a very talented cornerback actually traded up for that pick yeah they did trade up for that pick and uh, might I mention that the Eagles are now the Georgia Bulldogs on defense so uh, with sports on 77 WABC sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers go to peerlessboilers.com paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you they are the world's best built boilers and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Somehow we all weren't there for you, Sid, when you needed us. Right. Somehow or another, you guys got these multi-million dollar contracts at XM. Yeah. And I had to shove my tail between my legs and uh, come down to Florida and, and make a buck seventy-five and get a grilled cheese sandwich and smile about it. And you thought that we should have been outraged when you were canned from a station that none of us worked for. Yeah, that's pretty much why I feel. I yeah. feel like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when you had some of your troubles, I don't know whether you heard from it, I called Olive, and I said, Olive, I've been down that f-ing road before. If Sid wants to get together for me, here's my right. number. He and I can talk. Right. So, you know, I feel like, you know, everybody's got their own bottom, but I did kind of reach out to you there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. Did you just say f-ing road before, by the way? Yeah. Holy shit, I just said on air. Yeah, anything can happen. Yeah, we've all been through that. I couldn't believe that I could go on radio and actually curse, but that was part of a very long conversation. It was like a 30-minute interview I did with Ron and Fez. And Ron and Fez were part of that uh, really successful 102.7 WNEW-FM cast. That was 17 years ago, 2006. And at that point, Ron and Fez, like Opie and Anthony, were on XM Sirius. They all went together. So let me give you the other history here quickly. I'm down in Florida with Scott Kaplan, and we start doing internet radio for Sportsline USA. You know the story. And then eventually there's a local station in Fort Lauderdale owned by Tony Calatiud and former Marlin first baseman Orestes de Estrada. 1400 a.m., and that's our first taste of local radio. Then we start getting all these great guests because Sportsline back then, owned by a guy named Mike Levy, who became a dot-com multi-multi-millionaire, did all these contracts. These are the names, folks. This is true. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Shaquille O'Neal, Keyshawn Johnson, Gabriella Reese. The company uh, started by Levy was also... Funded by guys Joe Namath and Mike Schmidt. That's why to this day, I'm still very, very close with Joe Namath. And part of these big athletes' contractual obligations were to go on the Internet radio show with me and Scott Kaplan. So you have to understand, 
We have like 10 listeners. No one knows who we are. We're operating out of Cypress Creek Road in Fort Lauderdale, and we're talking to Michael Jordan. So eventually, people got wind of it, and they put us on terrestrial radio, like I said, locally in Fort Lauderdale. And then we got syndication deals. The first one came from Sports Fan Radio Network. Back then, they had folks like, uh, who was on there? Uh, JT the Brick, if you remember him. Or the fabulous sports babe, if you remember her. And then, after Sports Fan was done, believe it or not, Joel Hollander and Westwood One picked up Scott and Sid, syndicated our program in about 60 markets across America. And then we started to gain some traction. We were on in places like Las Vegas, Ontario, which is basically northern Los Angeles, Kansas City, some decent markets. And all that, all that led to this. In the year 2000, Sportsline wanted to really push their fantasy product. Well, they, they were the first to really start fantasy sports. This is before ESPN, Fox Sports. So they made a deal. They had already done a deal with CBS. And uh, what was his name? Uh, Sean McManus. And they said, here's what we'll do for you. You've got a CBS-owned radio station up in New York that's doing very, very well. People like Leslie Gold, the radio chick, Ron and Fez, Don and Mike, and a certain afternoon show that at this point back in 2000 was beating Howard Stern, two guys named Opie and Anthony. But they didn't have a morning show. So here's the deal. We're going to trade you our guys, Scott and Sid, to do mornings at WNEW in exchange for fantasy sports advertising on the station. And CBS made the deal. And Scott and I went from this little internet radio to being in markets across the country, but nothing like New York, to all of a sudden, in the year 2000. Now, folks, I never took a communications class in my life. I didn't go to high school or college for radio. And now it's April 1st of 2000, and I'm doing mornings in New York City. Up against Don Imus. At the time, he was a beast at WFAN. Up against Howard Stern, he was still on terrestrial radio, K-Rock. Up against Scott and Todd. All these unbelievable names. And here's Scott Kaplan and Sid Rosenberg on a station doing very, very well, trying to get ratings in the morning. And we just didn't. Mind you, uh, it started with me and Scott at WNEW. They called the show... Sports guys, we hired a kid named Chris Olivero. He had been interning for Gary Delabate on Howard Stern Show. Chris Olivero, by the way, folks, right now runs all of Odyssey's major stations here in New York, all of them, 1010 Wins, WFAN, and has for many years. It's one of my dearest friends, young guy, genius, like Chad, but even bigger. So long story short, they get rid of Kaplan. We bring in Craig Carton. And all that goes on year one at WNEW. But when you got there, again, at the time, Opie and Anthony were huge stars. Huge. And they had this ongoing battle with Howard Stern. Howard owned the mornings. Opie and Anthony owned the afternoons. But Opie and Anthony was starting to really get so big, they were bigger than Howard. In fact, they had this slogan, the Wow Stickers, which stood for Whip It Out Wednesday, and almost every car in New York had a wow sticker. And it bothered the hell out of Howard Stern. 
So we walk in, Scott and I, these two doofuses from Florida, with no real radio experience, and we have to go kiss the ring. I'll never forget this. We walk into Opie and Anthony's office. They had a producer named Rick Delgado, who's a great guy, great guy. He got fired also. He wrote some song about the tsunami, (laughs) and he ended up getting fired. And we walk in, and there's a video playing. Back then, they had VHS. It's a true story, Lou. There was a 90-year-old woman having sex. And this is the type of stuff that Opie and Anthony did. They were dirty. They were raunchy. They were gross. They'd bring in beautiful young girls, stick them in 55-gallon drums, and just drop all bunch of fluids and body stuff on them while they were in the 55-gallon drums. All their stuff was sex. All of it. Long story short, I think they kind of like Scott and I, but we didn't matter to them. We were irrelevant. We were doing a morning show, getting no ratings. No one knew who we were. And they were legitimate superstars. So certain days, they'd be okay. They'd be nice. Other days, they'd be dicks. It was okay. You know, they were stars. I get it. They were stars. So my, uh, my career there ended after just one year. And Craig Carton replaced me, and I was planning on going back to Florida to resume my radio career when I got a call from Steve Cohen at WFAN who said, hey, Lee Davis, Mark Chernoff, Connie Fitzgerald, they like you. Let's go meet at Merchants on East 61st Street and talk because there's a chance you can get a job at the fan. And I did. But while I was at the fan, (laughs) all hell broke loose at WNEW. Opie and Anthony had this little bit, and it was sponsored by Sam Adams Beer. And the name of the bit was Sex for Sam. And they would have couples. <laughs> it was a wild, wild west back then, folks. It was actually better. It was a better era. They would have couples having sex in public places all over the city. Like those big buses. You ever see the big bus tours? They'd have couples having sex all over the city. Until one couple picked a place to say it was sacrilegious, maybe an understatement. And it cost Opie and Anthony their job at CBS. Peter Jennings, ABC News, 21 years ago. This is how it ended at WNEW for Opie and Anthony, cut number 12. So, finding this evening from us, bread and circuses. There have always been complaints about entertainment pushing the limits of taste including the outrageous ways that Romans, the emperors, that is, entertained the masses. Entertainers continue to outrage the public. Yesterday, two so-called radio shock jocks were fired for orchestrating an obscene stunt in New York's most famous Catholic cathedral. And again, we're asking, when do you cross the line? Here's ABC's Dan Harris. It's going to be an exciting Opie and Anthony show today. When radio personalities Opie and Anthony got this couple to have sex, either real or simulated, in New York's St. Patrick's Cathedral. We're in St. Pat's, and the security guy is coming up to us right now. All right, all right, all right. Hey, come on, let them go. They're okay there. They were doing what they were paid to do, shock. It's the kind of stuff, the sensational stuff that people enjoy. Yeah, I get, I get off knowing people are looking at their radios in their cars and going, did, did I just hear that? The church sex stunt stands out even in today's media marketplace, which many Americans consider a cacophony of crassness. Whoa, Brandy, hubba hubba. Oh, they're me. 
really get me hot. <laughs> William Donahue, president of the Catholic League, led the charge to get Opie and Anthony off the air. You know, there are some people in our society, I guess they get their jollies by saying, let's keep pushing the envelope. You know what? Our society needs borders. It needs parameters. On the other hand, Jeffrey Brown, professor of pop culture at Bowling Green State University, says it is healthy to push the envelope. It's not the end of Western civilization as we know it. Things are always shifting. Yesterday's taboo is today's norm. Uh, but those boundaries have to be tested every now and then to be reestablished and to be moved. He points out that in the late 1960s, when Star Trek's Captain Kirk kissed Lieutenant Uhura, it caused a stir. Today, interracial romance is widely accepted. But the things we hear and see in the media now go quite a bit further. Gorgeous breasts. I can't take my eyes off your body. How you. The debate today is whether the firing of Opie and Anthony will mark some sort of turning point. Maybe some people in our society who are at the top have realized that even when there are bucks to be made, there's a price to be paid in terms of the cultural degradation that we do not want to be associated with anymore. Maybe, but these shock jocks have been fired before after falsely reporting that the mayor of Boston was dead. After all the attention they're getting now, including a rally in their support this afternoon, industry insiders say Opie and Anthony should have no problem finding a new job once again. Dan Harris, ABC News, New York. And he was right. Opie and Anthony ended up getting a multi-million dollar contract like everybody else did back then at XM Sirius. Mel Carmazin paid everybody. Didn't matter. Come on, Howard. Come on, Chris Russo. Come on, Opie and Anthony. Now, fast forward this 17 years later. Right? There's no more Opie and Anthony. They break up. It's an ugly separation. They can't stand each other now. And that's the way it was with most uh, people who work together. That's why me and Bernie were so special. Because we loved each other right till the day he died. We didn't agree all the time. We did not. In fact, I yelled at Bernie quite a bit, <laughs> which you guys don't know about. But we loved each other to the very, very end. Not Opie and Anthony. Anyway, fast forward it's 17 years. Uh, Cumulus is about to kick out Imus. He did not resign. They kicked him out. He was making way too much money, not getting ratings. Revenue was down. They had had enough. And we were under the impression, me and Bernie, that the day that I slept, the job was going to be ours. Oh, that's not what Opie says. Here he is, former star of Opie and Anthony, and then his own podcast and show, XM Sirius, telling the world yesterday that the first choice was not Sid and Bernie, that he was the first choice. Mrs. Opie cut number 13. Why don't you apply for a new radio job? I don't think you understand what happened to the business. I make more money doing this and putting out my no, podcast than I would make in radio. No, days. you don't. Trust when me. When Imus was retiring, WABC wanted to hire me, and they wanted to pay me $100,000 a year. They said, that's all we have. Now, you might think to yourself, wow, 100000 a year would be a sweet living. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing the money. But the problem is 100000 wait for it. My agent got at least 10%. So now we're down to 90,000. So out of the 90 that I had left, I probably would have had a, I had to at least give up 40 of that for my guys at least. So now I'm doing a, I'm taking over for Imus in a pressure cooker of a situation. And I'm making uh, about $50,000 a year before taxes. That's what happened to the business. And so I said, no. And then the guy came to me six months later after I think he hired uh, Bernie and Sid to do moorings. <clears throat> but I was the first choice. That is the truth. That is the truth. And maybe they ended up paying them more. I have no Maybe. Idea. I, I, I yeah. could just speak for a week. Right. 
Uh, let me tell you why you're not the first choice, Opie. Because no one in a million years, no one gets offered $100,000 to do a morning show in the world's number one media market and takes that seriously. So answer to your question, yes, me and Bernie made significantly more than 100000 they offered you, and I make significantly more now than what they offered you back just five years ago. So I don't know how serious they were about hiring you. You were the first choice, as you said, twice there. But based upon the money they offered you, doesn't really sound like you were the first choice. But either way, if you were, hey, God bless you. I always liked Opie. I've always been much closer with Anthony and uh, gun to the head. If you ask me who was the real talent on that show, I mean, let's be honest, it was not even close. I remember once uh, Mark Chernoff said with me and Scott, he goes, Scott Kaplan was a good traffic cop. Sid was the star. Well, not to make that analogy, but... Why not? Anthony was the star. Again, had no issues with Opie. Never really been too dicky to me. But uh, to come out and tell everybody he was the first choice, he was the guy, and they offered him $100,000, that is a ridiculous offer. It's embarrassing. It's insulting. And, yes, we got a lot more. Anyway, that wraps up our number one, Curtis Sliwa, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and the great senator from the state of Wisconsin, Ron Johnson, all coming up next. And by the way, oh, if you did do this show, you ain't getting a 7-7, my man. I love you. Don't get me wrong. You ain't getting a 7-7. So clearly, Cumulus, and now these guys, the Cats of Matides and Chad, they made the right move. You'd be lucky to get a 3 or a 4, let alone a 7-7. Our number 2 coming back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. And then the guy's name was uh, Chaz, I think. Chaz. Good guy. Really good guy. Me and uh, Carl were walking up 72nd Street. We were going to that dive bar at uh, Malachi's. We are going to have a couple uh, wobbly pops. And right before we walked in, phone rings. It's Chaz. It's like a, he's like, oh, I just need you on this station. I just need you on this station. He goes, what about 10 a.m. to noon? And the podcast was uh, doing okay at that point. I, I look at Carl. I'm like, not bad. We could promote our, our podcast. This is not a bad thing. He goes, look, you could do it from the beach house. I don't even need you in uh, the city. I don't need you in the studio. What do you say? 10 a.m. to noon. I'm like, Chaz, all right. Less stress, less pressure. Don't have to do Fridays. I could do it from the beach. I'm like, he goes, one problem. I go, what's the problem, Chaz? He goes, I can't pay you. <laughs> I'm like, what? I can't pay you. So he wanted to do what's called the revenue share. So then my agent at the time, he was looking up how much money they make. 
uh, at ABC between the hours of 10 a.m. and noon, and the money was horrendous. I'm like, Chad, I can't do it. I can't do radio for free. So uh, long answer to that guy, why don't you apply for another radio job? The radio business is in the toilet. Second half right there of Opie Hughes, formerly of Opie and Anthony, calling Chad Lopez Chaz, the whole conversation, <laughs> Chaz, and claiming that they offered him 10 to noon with no money. He's the second host I heard that from. Either way, the radio business is not in the dumper, Opie. Some of us are doing very, very well, a lot better than the money that was offered to you. And again, I, I like Opie. I got no issue with the guy, but clearly it's you. It's not the radio business because I was not going to move from Florida to New York. I was making about 180 in Florida, but there's no taxes. That's like 300,000 here. I wasn't coming back to New York for $100,000. So clearly I made more and I got me and Bernie more money while Bernie was taking a nap, if you want to know the truth. So it's not the business, Opie. It was you. <laughs> because me and Bernie did significantly better, and I do even better now. That's how much they love you and wanted you so badly. They offered you a, a deal that uh, is so insulting, I would never even bring it up. Why would he even bring that up, Curtis? Like he's bragging they offered me the job at that rate. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. What revisionism. Opie and Dopey. I, I never liked them to begin with. And I know this. Hold on a second. Sis. I like Anthony. You mentioned a whole panoply of different morning shows that you were competing with. I didn't hear my name in it. I didn't hear Curtis and Kuby. I didn't hear that at all. Were you on at the time on yeah, ABC? Yeah, damn right. Yeah, you were. Nobody knew about you. No, no. <laughs> You, you, you mentioned everybody else. No, well, you know, listen, I mentioned Stern, Imus, and Scott and Todd. All three of those, and maybe I'm wrong, because you know I think the world of you, but all three of those were bigger than you and Kobe, or no? Were you guys with them in the ratings? And I don't know. I would say better demos. Really? Not necessarily better ratings. Okay. Because as you know, Imus never really had the big ratings. Never. He had the best demo, and he brought in the cash. Right. I mean, they came in with satchels, the <laughs> advertisers. I know. You know, WFAN said, where'd you get that money? Are you yeah. money laundering? You want the money? Absolutely. We'll I, take I, it. I actually remember Bob Gelb. He was walking past me in the newsroom with WFAN. He had a, a deal, like a million dollars, and Imus kicked him out of his office. Yeah. A million Get out of my office. They used to bring wheelbarrows full of cash. <laughs> wheelbarrows full of cash to yeah. advertise. But I'll tell you, all this revisionism now, you know why? Because you're number one now. So they get to pimp your ride. Oh, I could have been Sid Rosenberg. They only offered me $100,000. And then uh, the guy couldn't even pronounce Chad Lopez. <laughs> that. Was that Chaz Palminteri? <laughs> well, he was so half in the bag, he didn't even oh, realize God. that was Chaz Palminteri. <laughs> oh, let me do it in my beach house. And I'll tell you why that's not no, I the actually, case. I actually believe some of that. But well, I know you want to. Yeah, no, I, I do. I just because it. it makes your story that much more outstanding. Well, right? I, just, I just know that there was a, a bunch of people 
That included Imus. Imus never wanted me to come back in the first place. Hated you. Hated me, lobbied against it, wanted Mike Lupica to do the midday show. And wait, and, then, and, 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 then, and even other guys like Mike McVeigh and Milner, yeah, who yeah, eventually but, hired me, they were scared to death of me. Let's talk about Mike Lupica. Because you remember, I'm the one who did the intervention. The contract was on Chad Lopez's, not Chaz Lopez's desk. And he was the last holdout. And I bum-rushed into his office. You can't sign that. They're going to get let Lupica do this show from somewhere in Connecticut? Oh, by the way, that's why you got to believe what Opie was saying. Opie said they were going to allow me to do the show from my house. And that was the fact with Mike Lupica. So there's precedent set there. So, so why would Opie be lying about that? Because I did the intervention with others. And they said, no, we're not going to let anybody else do this show from home any longer. So now, all of a sudden, they're going to flip this script on that. Ten to noon is not morning. What do you Big mean? difference. Big they, difference. They just kicked out Geraldo for doing it in the CEO's <laughs> office, right? He wouldn't leave the CEO's office at that time. Imagine that, the chutzpah. But in the seven years I've been here, there have been so many people doing shows at WABC, Cumulus, Maybe just cumulus, not since the Katsimatidis took over, that were not here in New York. And they did the show for so, us. So let me, get, let me get this straight. Okay, so who is it? Opie and Dopey, uh, <laughs> half in the bag. Uh, Chaz, 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 right, right. And you're going to believe these schmucks, these putzes, right? Yeah, I believe a lot of it. Yeah, I'll bet. I do. And then I do. you said Carton and Shamu. El Jefe, Chris Christie. Well, they were, they were going to do a show here at one point. Well, they were talking about hiring Carton and Chris Christie. And to this day, Craig Carton still complains that Cumulus basically said, we're not going to pay us. Same exact thing Opie said there. Oh, okay. So they were willing to pay you and Bernie. Though. Right. Because we were doing the, the, the morning show, the Carton uh, other show with uh, with uh, Chris Christie, I believe, was going to be a Westwood One syndicated product. Yeah, yeah. You keep thinking that. Uh, I don't know anything. Can I, I'm, can I, can I'm I do just, a, listen, I'm just playing the audio from Opie. I don't know the real story to this day. I know Chad brought me back. I know Chad loves me. I love Chad. But there was a lot of forces that have been against me for a long time in this city. So I tend to believe some of these other guys when they say Sid was Sid and Bernie wasn't our first choice. Something wrong with you, man. <laughs> I, I was hawking Citizens United, page 29, right? Oh, Curtis Sliwa, yeah, yeah, I'm here because of Curtis Sliwa. What is wrong with you? You're going to believe all this crap? Well, wait everybody... a second. Are, are you going to deny the fact that Imus and maybe Milner, McVeigh, all these big guns were against me? Well, the worst every one, step the of the way? The worst one was Imus. Here it is. You guys did the heavy lifting for him. And then all of a sudden he decides I'm not gonna I'm not gonna honor the work that Sid and Bernie have done for all those years and give them their rightful opportunity. I'm gonna bring in Mike Lubica. <laughs> the guy sucked on ESPN radio. You're gonna bring him over to WABC, write a column for the Daily News. He's great. Uh be on talk radio, the worst. The worst. So why the hell yeah. He just didn't want to see Bernie and Sid succeed. Yeah. He That's just true. didn't want to see no, It's true. I mean, he said all the right things, but he lied the whole way through. Listen, you know, he always talked about loyalty. I miss. He wasn't very loyal. Kind of like Trump. I love Trump. I love him to pieces. He's coming on Wednesday, May 10th. I can't wait. Trump has no loyalty. See, I, knew, His loyalty I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. And you know that. And but everybody know. knows I that. I think a lot of people who are deemed narcissists, which I am, which I am to a certain extent, but all, I am loyal. All caps. I am loyal. All caps. 
With who? With Trump? No, no, with the word. No, 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 no. No, but you can still be loyal and be a narcissist. Would you not agree that over the years I've been a loyal guy or no? You've been loyal. But okay. I will tell you this. And I'm a narcissist. Stop believing all this revision. Don't believe any of it. They could tell you anything. That, now, if you weren't doing so well and you were doing like a 2.2, right? Which we did for years here. You think they For be, years. How come they didn't tell the story when you were doing 2.2? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well. Yeah. Because now they can pimp your ride. <laughs> now it's like, oh, that could have been me. Uh, that wasn't. I yeah. I did see the favor by walking away from a hundred thousand dollars. Look, I was making way more than that, from twelve to three in the you afternoon. Were. Here, I know, correct, right? I mean, that everybody no, was. That made no sense whatsoever. Uh, it, it did sound odd. Come on, that number thousand? ridiculous. Oh, come yeah. on, come yeah. on. Hey. Although that's what Eric Adams makes to be mayor of New York City. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, whatever happened to the Bitcoin you used to get paid in? How come your very dear friend Eric Adams, who I know that you're having on again? Well, he, well, he's supposed to be on today, but I spoke to him and Fabian last night. I think he's coming on Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Oh, they're very busy. Oh, I'm sure yeah. they're very busy. They're combating crime. Yeah, they're telling. Oh, no more illegal aliens here. No more. Hey, Andale, Andale, who's your Papa Chulo? Who's your daddy? That's me, Eric Adams. Oh, why are they sending all the illegal aliens here? Because you are asking for them, and they <laughs> want to come here to stay in a hotel, get three squares a day, get an Obama phone, get free health care, get free everything while we get Ugas. Yeah, it did seem weird. And, you know, I played some audio of the mayor a couple of days ago, and in fact, I got some nice messages from guys like Pat Russo and Paul DiGiacomo that were really happy that the mayor actually called out people. He's talking specifically to AOC that went against them on this pay raise for the cops. We know it's not a big deal, but he did get them a pay raise. And at least the folks that I spoke to down at the Memorial Wall in Battery Park were very happy oh, oh, that the I, mayor I, did that. The recruits are signing up. They want to become NYPD now to get spat on, kicked beaten up. I mean, urine tossed in their face. Well, oh, for the extra, what, $10,000? Oh! At least he got him something. At least at least he got him a I raise. I understand. But how about getting them respect? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Well, he can't do it all by himself. He yeah, can't do it all by himself. He's not going to the mat. He's not naming and shaming these people, and you know that. You, you remember you condemned him for being side-by-side side with Alvin Bragg, claiming that they were like Batman and Robin in Manhattan, you know, bringing a fighting crime in Gotham. He actually said on this show four weeks ago yesterday, and that's when I suspended him initially, that Alvin Bragg was doing a very professional job in his efforts to get Donald Trump. And not only that, but when Jim Jordan brought the committee here and we heard from all the victims and victims' families, it was Eric Adams who was almost attacking them and like like two peas in a pod, like a soup in a sandwich, like a horse in a carriage. He was together with Alvin Bragg. I know. And Jennifer Harrison, as you know, very good friend of mine. Oh, God. And you know the other stories, Madeline Bream and oh, Jose Alba. Very bad, yes. Cry. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And then all we heard was, oh, the best crime-fighting team ever since Batman and Robin. It's Eric Adams and Alvin Bragg. That's our double oofa. How quickly you forget, Sid. No, Who, it. It. Who yeah. picked up the phone? Who offered you something? Like, oh, oh the Frank Corona <laughs> and his brother Andy, those two crooks. What did they offer you in Don't order to have talk Eric Adams? badly about my friends, the Corones. They're wonderful people. Oh, yeah, they're lobbying everybody, whining, dining, and pocket lining. They're making millions of dollars at our expense. Look at this city. Sid, look at this city. Well, where are your friends like Corey Zeldick and all that? Oh, it's, uh, it's coming back, Sid. Did they actually walk the streets? Did they ride <laughs> Do you know that uh, Corey Zelnick actually took a um, private plane? He sat on the same plane as John Starks and others to Cleveland to watch the Knickerbockers win that game five road game in advance to the second round. So clearly, Corey 
believes the city is coming back oh, yeah, because yeah. he's taking private planes to Nick games. Uh, private planes to <laughs> Cleveland. He probably thinks that mistake on the lake is doing real well, too. What is wrong with your no, plan? No, he knows. Listen, Corey, in all seriousness, his beautiful wife, Jessica, went through something very similar to that your lovely wife, Nancy, went through. Both of your wives, you and Corey, were attacked broad daylight yeah. in the streets of New York. So many people. He knows that. Yes. So many people. And by the way, I thought when you mentioned Opie and Dopey, where I do have absolutely no respect for, you would have done the PSA. Didn't you see the news the other day that oral sex is fueling an epidemic of throat cancer? Everywhere. You didn't see the news. I thought you'd be doing a PSA. I didn't see that because I, I remember the story with the great actor Michael Douglas. That's right. And his gorgeous wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, when his wife heard him say that. Well, he got cancer. From from doing oral on her, he got the uh, wait, wait, wait. what is that called the Pelovia something or yes yes that's a true story yeah. he true got story. cancer yes. from doing oral on her I don't right exactly or right. maybe multiple other women multiple well, gumadas on the no, side I, I don't know about all but that, you right. of yeah. all people me. you me yeah. top ratings yeah. in the morning Number here yeah. should be doing PSAs <laughs> every ten minutes for your Gabon listeners your Jadru <laughs> listeners that oral sex is fueling an epidemic of throat cancer so no more oral sex. Absolutely none at all. Let me just say this to you. I'd rather die. What do you mean you'd rather die? Then get rid of that. I'd rather die. Give me the throat cancer and kill me today. How about testicular cancer? Can I tell you how you might get testicular cancer? No, I'd rather not know. I want you to take a pledge on behalf of all men out there because we want them to live longer to become out the cockers so that they could go to the Bluebird Special in Florida soon that you are telling them, hey, keep your rocket in your pocket because... <sighs> Castration <laughs> will be your cure. Come on, Sid. I want you to be the poster child. It can't well, be that guy. Be, no, I can't. No. Be asexual. Don't be polyamorous. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to come to our senses. Who knows Sid Rosenberg in this day and age? He might become a transgender, a transvestite, a transformer. You never know. And then I will have to respect Sid for whatever he deems himself to be. It's getting freaky deaky out there. And I cannot believe for the life of me that we spend time talking about opie and dopey. People of no consequence. Nobody listens. To them, their husbands, they had their chance, and you want to believe all the old wives' tales, this mis just misinformation that's put out there because you're oh, you're insecure. Yeah, they were gonna give it to Opie. No, they were gonna give it to Dopey. No, they were gonna give it to Shamu El Jefe Chris Christie. When has he ever done talk radio on a regular basis? He would crash. And burn shit. Be proud. Put your chest out there with WABC, the number one news star station in the nation. And what are you talking about? The JV boys out there who are talking into a paper cup in some in some park in New York City feeding the pigeons saying, Oh, I'm on, I'm on the satellite radio. You know how many people listen to me? Who got? That's who listen to you. You all want to be here at WABC, right? Like Tucker Carlson, once you leave the real estate, it never gets better after that. Sid, be proud of what you've done and who you are. And never, ever think that these Northwells were going to take your shot. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What 
flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Yeah, 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 uh, Miami, uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat, uh, <laughs> can y'all feel that, can y'all feel that, jig it out, uh, here I am in the place where I come let go, in Miami, the base and the sunset low, every day like a Mardi Gras, everybody party all day, no work, all play, okay, so we sip a little something, lay the rest to spill, me and Charlie at the bar, running up a high bill, nothing less than ill, when we dress to kill, every time the ladies pass, they be like, can y'all feel me, all ages and races, real sweet faces, every different nation, Spanish, Haitian, Indian, Jamaican, black, white, Cuban, or Asian, I only came for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying, this the type of town I can spend a few days in, Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing, Will Smith, Miami, the Heat Knicks will start their second-round playoff series coming up on Sunday. Talking about Miami, <laughs> the New York Post. Now, the, the big story in today's New York Post reads, Stop the buses. Adams begs FEMA to halt border convoys. 1,300 migrants arrived in New York City just this week, and people are going, Hey, Eric, baby, Eric, baby, you wanted them, you got them. Now don't start bitching now. But there's a picture on the cover of today's New York Post, which if I was still a teenager, would be hung above my bed. I can promise you that. And it reads, Perfect 10, college gymnastics sensation, Libby Dunn's swimsuit issue debut, Sports Illustrated. And here is this gymnast from LSU that almost doesn't even look real. Didn't you tell me, Justin, that a lot of people thought this was like a bot and not a real person? Well, she's that gorgeous. Yeah, it's actually a little it's a little bit ridiculous. That's a real person? Like, she comes up on my Explore page on Instagram every single day. She dominates social media. Oof. She makes, like, millions of dollars from NIL because she's a literal real-life Barbie. Yeah, she's gorgeous. And uh, she's very flexible. Shut up, Justin. Ah, 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 sorry. So the Heat will play the Knicks on Sunday, and that'll be uh, game one. We'll, we'll talk to Joe Tacopini. Not going to want to miss this. Every single television station right now is talking about Trump's lawyers questioning E. Jean Carroll. Takapina did grill E. Jean Carroll yesterday. I will get the exclusive coming up with Trump's attorney, Joe Takapina, coming up at 840. But the Heat Knicks get going on Sunday. First time the Knicks are in the second round of the playoffs in 10 years. Only their second second-round playoff appearance in 23 years. My next guest was a magnificent player for the Heat. The CNO, my sister, my baby sister, Elizabeth, went to Michigan. I went to visit Lizzie many times in Ann Arbor. And when she was there, I went to a couple of football games. The quarterbacks were guys named Jim Harbaugh, Elvis Gerback. And the basketball team had guys named Roy Vaught, Sean Mills, Romeo Robinson, and the best of all. To this day, I still think the best college basketball tournament I've ever seen the great Glenn Rice. And Michigan beat the local team here, P.J. Colisimo's Seton Hall basketball team, to win the championship. Then Glenn went to Miami and was a great player for the Heat. And after a great career, including a championship alongside Shaq and Kobe with the Lakers, 
He was even the guy that was dealt to the Knicks for Patrick Ewing. And he's one of the nicest, best men you'll ever meet, former college and NBA superstar joining us right now before he hits the links in South Beach, my man Glenn Rice. Good morning, Glenn. Dude, how you doing, my friend? How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I'm blessed. Thank you are. You. you are. How's the weather in Miami today? Absolutely perfect, man. Couldn't <laughs> pick the better day to, to go out and uh, hit the links. Did you ever consider playing basketball in Michigan and even playing basketball in the NBA places like Charlotte and Houston and New York? You ever consider living any place else than Miami? I considered it, but it's only for maybe like two or three minutes. And then I, then I realized that, I mean, I, growing up in Michigan, I, you know, I was too many, too many harsh winters. And I, I don't like the snow any much. I don't like being cold too often. So uh, Miami is definitely at the moment the perfect place for myself. And just to prove it, you're literally about to tee off on the golf course in about 30 minutes. Now, are you in Miami or Coral Springs or where are you this morning? I'm in Miami this morning, yes. Uh, you playing with Lawrence Taylor? No, not today, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't play with Lawrence too much because he beat, beats me too often. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's good. I, I'll tell you, I, I talked to Lawrence, as you know, we're good friends to this day. He actually saved my life, but he uh, he tough, man. He can drive that ball. I'm not sure if he's good on the green. I For a long time, I heard he couldn't putt very well, but... He could certainly drive that golf ball. But, you know, Glenn, all those years down in Miami for me, 11 years, three different sports stations, and you would come on all the time and talk about the Heat. That was a golden era when Shaq and Wade won a championship and when LeBron came there and him, Wade, and Bosh won two championships, went to four consecutive NBA finals. But the reason why I think you love me so much was because every time you would come on, I would beg my friend Pat Wiley, and he is a friend, to put your name in the rafters. <laughs> Has that happened at the American Airlines Arena yet? It hasn't, but you know what? I, you know, I always say, look, God willing to happen one day. If it don't, I'm fine with it. I, I, you know, when I look back, the Miami Heat, Pat Riley, they have been so good to me. I, I have no complaints, man. I, I, every time they raise a banner up in that, that arena and, you know, the, the, with the success the Miami Heat goes through, I feel like I'm a part of it, and, and I'm fine with that. I mean, they've treated me so well. A part of it. You got there in 1990. They were nothing. You spent six years there. You were the first really big star before Morning and Hardaway and Shaq and Wade and all those guys. You're being very humble. You're a major part. You should be in the Raptors, and you still show up. You're there all the time. So the Knicks and Heat, and I was down there. And they hated me. They would say to me, hey, Sid, if you miss New York so much, there's I-95 North right there down the street. And I would show up to the Heat Arena. They'd all be wearing white T-shirts for the whiteout. And I'd wear a Carmelo jersey, a Ewing jersey, a Starks jersey. They wanted to kill me. But I got to tell you, that is a great rivalry. And we get it again on Sunday. Heat and Knicks, yeah. I think you'd agree, Glenn, one of the great rivalries in sport. Yes, definitely is. I remember back in the day I, when I was playing with other teams and we'd probably, you know, be out of the playoffs or didn't have a game, I would race back to Miami just to watch that series because it was so it was so good. It was so intense. I mean, it had everything that you loved about basketball, that New York Knicks and Miami Heat rivalry had it all and some. So it was uh, – it's good to see them getting ready to play again. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to – 
spring up and play uh, like the old just for a few minutes because, you know, the, the game in this day and age is completely different, but uh, it's going to be good. No, oh, you're right. I mean, now they run up and down the court and they score a ton of points. But when you think of those great Heat-Nick games, you know, you think about Alonzo Mourning holding on to Jeff Van Gundy's leg. You know, <laughs> Riley going up against Mourning and Hardo. I mean, those games, you know, you win 88-86, right? You need Allen Houston to hit a floater over Dan Marley to win. Now that's a score at halftime. Yeah. And there's some great offensive players on Sunday. Jalen Brunson for the Knicks. Jimmy Butler yeah. from Miami. He's a great offensive player, but... I think you're going to see some of that physical stuff, Glenn, that has made this such a great rivalry over the last 25 years. Yeah, you're going to see a little bit of it. And and the guys that you mentioned are, you know, for their respective teams, are, are great leaders for the for their teams. And uh, it's going to be some banging. I mean, <laughs> these guys aren't going to be that passive toward one another. One another. They understand the, the history between the two teams and, uh, it's going to live up to it. And, again, you know, every time they play New York, it almost feel like they're having an away game. So yeah. uh, it's kind of fireworks, baby. Yeah, well, listen, uh, the Heat fans are such phonies. That's why they hated me because almost every person, Glenn Rice, sitting in that arena came from New York. And now they moved to, you know, Coral Springs or Boca or Miami, and now they're Heat fans? Stop it. They loved Patrick way before they loved Alonzo Morning. They're not fooling me. <laughs> I, I tell you what, the, the true Heat fans are great fans. And, and, yes, we do have a lot of New Yorkers who have come to South Florida and uh, have chosen to live here. And uh, some have converted over to being a Miami Heat fan. But we, we understand their true heart, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, we, we welcome them, and uh, we just got to get out here and uh, make sure we give them what they truly deserve. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I just mentioned Jeff Van Gundy. And I was down in Florida, Glenn, when his brother, Stan Van Gundy, was coaching the Heat. And then uh, Shaquille O'Neal was mad because he said, listen, I signed with the Heat to play for Pat Riley, not Stan Van Gundy. So the Heat made up this whole story that Stan had a health issue with his family. They lied. I don't care what they say to this day. They lied. And the next day, Stan Van Gundy was gone, and Pat Riley was again behind the bench. And that team went on to win a championship, of course talking yeah. about with Shaq and Wade, but after that, Stan Van Gundy, they got rid of him. They hired some guy named Eric Spolstra, and people are like, yes, who the... And this guy is like one of the greatest coaches ever, Glenn. Absolutely. He, I, I, I truly believe that he doesn't get the, uh, the credit he, he deserves. I mean, when you look at his track record, the, the type of players that he has brought into Miami and rejuvenated their careers or made guys better in their career and for them to buy into the uh, Miami Heat system and play well above their heads. I mean, it's, as, if you can't see that that's a sign of a great coach, something's wrong with you. He really is a great coach. And, again, still having Pat Wiley there. And he just finds a way every couple of years to reinvent that basketball team. And they do love that team in that city. I mean, I know the Dolphins have always been the team. The Dolphins have been there the longest. But, you know, the last 25, 30 years, the team that has given South Florida – the most thrills far and away the Miami Heat. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of hard work goes in behind it. Uh, and it starts from the top with the Ericsons, uh, Pat Riley. They all have uh, have committed to, to having the Miami Heat be uh, a certain way. And uh, guys that buy into the system are here. And uh, when you come buy into the system and you go out there and lay your heart, out, heart on the line, uh, you're going to have a tremendous opportunity for – 
a great deal of success, and, and that's what the Miami Heat has had. Three quick ones. I'll let you go. These are all about you. Take me back. Okay. Michigan Seton Hall. Horrible mm-hmm. foul call. And I'm rooting for you guys. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But nobody touched <laughs> Ramil. And Ramil's not even a very good free throw shooter. He's at the line. You just had the best college tournament in the history of the game. You're amazing. He's at the line with a chance to hit two free throws and make the Michigan Wolverines national champions. What is Glenn Rice thinking right then and there? Right then and there, I knew we were going to be the champions. It was earlier in that year, Ramil Robinson had an opportunity against uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Free throws, same situation. Uh, he, He missed the free throws. And right away, I told him, I said, listen, you know what? Just start practicing on your free throws, and uh, I guarantee you that opportunity is going to come again when we need you at the free throw line, so you got to be prepared. And that was his moment. That was his moment to propel us into uh, uh, the history books for Michigan and, and, and winning our first national championship. So mm. I had no doubt that he was going to make it. I, I, I was wow. not worried at all. It's funny to talk about the Fab Five with Weber and Howard, all those guys. Those guys didn't win. They yeah. lost to North Carolina. You, you, Glenn Rice, you won. Uh, second one, you leave Miami, you go to Charlotte, then you go to the Lakers. You play a part yep. in that Phil Jackson triangle offense. Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. Kobe Bryant, and you. You. Think about Think about that. Talk about that triangle offense and playing with those two mammoth superstars, Shaq and Kobe, for Phil in Los Angeles. Yeah, no, the the triangle offense was intriguing. I mean, you've always, uh, when you're on other teams, you've always wondered how they had such such success in running that offense. And uh, to be able to be a part of it and be with the, the great coach, Phil Jackson, and playing with Kobe and Shaq, I mean, for me it was, it was a thrill of a lifetime and an opportunity of a lifetime to be able to, to capture a championship. And, uh, man, it was – I mean, when you run that offense, there's so many ways that you can score off of that from any position. And uh, we, we did it well. And, yeah. and we yeah. were able to get out there and uh, yeah. be successful. By the way, he ran that offense here in New York, and they couldn't score. They couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. But when, <laughs> <laughs> when you have Shock and Kobe and Rice, and last one, you spend those two years in L.A., you win a championship. And then you yeah. find out in 2000 you're being traded to New York. But not just traded to New York. You, Glenn Rice, are getting traded for Patrick Ewing. What was that right. like? And what was it like to come to New York? How did the fans treat you? Because I know back then they were mad at you and they had enough. They lost to San Antonio in 99. He was slowing down yeah. Johnson, Sprewell. What was it like for you 2000 in New York as the man that replaced Patrick Ewing? Listen, <laughs> I was I was thrilled to to death to be able to go and play, have an opportunity to play in New York and play for the Knicks. But then when I found out that Patrick Ewing was involved in a trade, I was like, No, come on, no, don't don't do that, please. Because <laughs> I wanted to play with Patrick. Me and Patrick were good friends, and when I I was like, How do now in DL do I go there and replace a great legend like? You know, Patrick Ewing, I, oh, God, I got to go and be on my best behavior. And uh, sure enough, yeah, you know, I heard voices, you know, but that was fine because you look at the track record of what Patrick Ewing did and meant for that organization. I mean, I, I, I didn't mind hearing some of the yeah. complaints, but I think for the most part, I ended up winning them over, not to the level of a Patrick Ewing, but they realized that I had really nothing to do with who no. was being traded. 
No, you played well, and we love you here. So last one, you're always great. You are great at these uh, conversations, Glenn. Uh, you got to put it on the line right now. You spent six years with the Heat. You still live in Miami. One year with New yeah. York here with the Knicks. Series starts Sunday. Who moves on to take on either the 76ers or the Celtics, the Heat or the Knicks? Yeah, you know, even though I have a history with the Knicks, and, you know, believe me, there's no hate there, but I got to definitely say the Miami Heat. I think they're, uh, when you look at top to bottom, they're, they're going to be a team that's a little bit better. And uh, defensively, I think we're a little stronger than what they are. But uh, success to them and just not this round. All right, fair enough. There he is, all-time great, Michigan great, and Miami Charlotte champion in Los Angeles. A big star here in New York. And I'm telling you, folks, I talked to a lot of athletes the last 30 years. I can't name anyone I like more. And I mean this. I mean this. Then Glenn Rice. Go out there and uh, have a great day on the golf course. Enjoy the series. We'll talk again very soon, Glenn. You were great. Thank you so much. Yes, everybody. Please reach out, okay? All right, Paul. I love you. Thank you. Love you, too. There he is. Glenn Rice, champion at Michigan. The Lakers, Heat Knicks, all that good stuff. And that's what we do for you here. Probably we're going to talk Trump with Takapina. You played your cuts all day of Trump in New Hampshire. Biden yesterday. Talk about Kathy Hochul's budget. But we also spent time talking about Opie's claims from Opie and Anthony that he was the choice to replace Don Imus and not Sid and Bernie. We do all that. We do it all. That's why you love this show. And more of this show is coming back. Right after this. I've never seen so many Dominican women with sediment tans. Mira, this is the plan. Take a walk on the beach, draw a heart in the sand. Give me your hand. Damn, you look sexy. Let's go to my yacht in the West Keys. Ride my jet skis, lounge under the palm trees. Cause you gotta have cheese for the summer house. Peace on South Beach. Water so clear, you can see to the bottom. $100,000 cars, everybody got them. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 W. WABC.
Joe Tacopino will be giving me an exclusive. He's been on every television show across the country since 6 a.m. Not him, but the fact that he grilled E. Jean Carroll in court yesterday. She's the lady alleging Donald Trump raped her 30 years ago. So Tacopina giving me the exclusive at 840. I think we'll talk to Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis in the 9 o'clock hour. House Republicans looking to do some damage here. And, of course, the state budget with Kathy Hochul. And Sunday, the big Greek Independence Day parade. So hopefully, Nicole, in the 9 o'clock hour, that was Nick Kershaw. Wouldn't it be good? And wouldn't it be good, Noam, if Opie was telling the truth? <laughs> I think there's probably some truth oh, to no, that no, story. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah. I love Curtis, mm-hmm. and Curtis is putting up this really heroic fight against Tiffany Caban, uh, Kelly Klingman. And it's worth noting, uh, Tiffany Caban said, and I quote, there are some nice cops, but they're not nice to everyone, this moron, Tiffany Caban. So I, I love Curtis. And Curtis this morning defended me. There's a lot more than some of this that's true. I know enough about cumulus management. I dealt with these people enough to tell you. There's a lot more than some of it that's true. That's well, all I'm going to say. I was in on some meetings uh, with Mike Lupico when they were going to bring Mike Lupico. Oh, you're in. another one that wanted Lupico. No, no, I did not, in fact. In fact, I came to you, I think, even told you that they were no, that's not considering him. No. Yeah. No, you didn't say anything. That's why I got Juliet Huddy hired and you fired. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got fired because when they decided they wanted to pay you all that money, they realized they were paying me too much money. They couldn't afford me anymore. So Is that got, true? Yeah. Well, I never got a penny more once you got fired, I can tell you that. Really? Not a penny. How's that possible? Well, it's cumulus. <laughs> it's radio. Well, not just cumulus. It's everybody. Well, the reason I think there is probably more truth to the Opie story is that um, the guy who was the program director at the time was good friends with him. Craig Schwab? Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't forget. And I think he wanted him in. Don't forget, when I got to New York in 2000 with Scott Kaplan, to host a morning show at WNEW, when Open Anthony were the biggest stars in town before Sex for Sam, the assistant program director at WNEW, Craig Schwab. There we go. See, now you've connected the dots. Yeah, 16 years later, I'm like, oh my God, it's you again? <laughs> and Schwab was another one. I love Craig. I love him. But he was in line with McVeigh and Milner and Imus and a bunch of folks that wanted Lupica instead of me. Like Bernie didn't, Bernie was already there. And they liked him. He was an IMIS guy, and people in the city liked him. He was around a long time. It was never about Bernie. It was me. Are we really going to bring this maniac back from Florida? And uh, people like Chad and Curtis and Pete Morgan and Joe Vitale were like, well, he gets ratings. He's been out of New York for 15 years, and people still love him. So, yeah, it would be a good idea to bring this quote-unquote maniac back from Florida. But there was a lot of people against it. And then even after we got the midday job, and we weren't doing great, you know, at that point they uh, they had to figure out who's going to replace Imus. And we were told right away it was going to be us. And then it got very quiet, very quiet right. for a couple of weeks. So maybe Obi's telling the truth. Yeah, I... I just of a number of things he said when in what was that a podcast that you were playing before? his podcast? Yeah, some of that just ringed very true with me. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Do you so, have any of that? Or? Uh, I don't. You know, all I know. Right, is let me play this. I'll knots. play this one here because okay. you're probably afraid to play because you're a pussy. No, no, I don't have it. Actually. Oh, I have it here. Okay. Play. Uh, this is one cut. This is the Opie 13 telling everybody they offered me the job first. I'm Opie. Come on, man. Hundred thousand. Opie, cut number thirteen. 
why don't you apply for a new radio job? I don't think you understand what happened to the business. I make more money doing this and putting out my podcast than I would make in radio these days. No, you don't. When Imus was retiring, WABC wanted to hire me, and they wanted to pay me $100,000 a year. They said, that's all we have. Now, you might think to yourself, wow, 100000 a year would be a, a sweet living. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not poo-pooing the money. But the problem is 100000 wait for it. My agent got at least 10%, so now we're down to 90000 so out of the 90 that I had left, I probably would have had a, I had to at least give up 40 of that for my guys at least. So now I'm doing a, I'm taking over for Imus in a pressure cooker of a situation. And I'm making uh, about $50,000 a year before taxes. That's what happened to the business. And so I said no. And then the guy came to me six months later after I think he hired uh, Bernie and Sid to do mornings. <clears throat> but I was the first choice. That is the truth. Yeah. That is the truth. Yeah. Well, maybe they ended up paying them more. I have no idea. Well, I, I, I could just speak for my experience. That's the truth. $100,000. That that's part doesn't make sense to me at all. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, don't, that, like, I mean, that I, part. Sort ba- of, back then, yeah. they were paying guys to do overnights yeah. for $100,000. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You're going to replace Imus on ABC a morning show, and he actually said, Opie, now don't forget, he made millions when him and Anthony were stars at WNW, and he got a multi-million dollar deal from Mel Carmison at XM Sirius, and he's saying $100,000, not a bad gig. Are you nuts? If they offered me 100000 I never would have came back to New York. Never. I would have stayed in Boca. It's a horrible deal. That's insulting. What is he talking about? Can you tell me? That part makes no sense to me. And that he would have to share the salary. It wasn't the Imus deal was Imus made what? Like seven million, then he had to pay his people out yes. of that seven million. Right. Not when you're making a hundred thousand they're not gonna <laughs> tell you to pay people out of that part makes yeah. zero sense. But that part he right makes no sense. Yeah. And if that's true, then he really sounds stupid because if that's true, then he had to know going in that wasn't a real offer. He had to know that they knew he was gonna say no to that, right? So that's not a real offer. I guess, but again, I, that all that connects the dots is the program director, Craig, who was at WABC at the time, who had so worked So you're with blaming him. everything on Schwab. Yeah, because I, I, he, had, <laughs> he had told me he wanted to bring him back. Now, I didn't know it was for mornings, but he had told me he wanted to bring him to WABC. Yeah. He thought he'd be a great political talk show host. Why? Based on he, what? I don't know. Just that was his theory. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, I kept hearing about uh, Scott Shannon. Scott Shannon never did political talk in his life. In fact, he barely, you know, he talked with Todd Pettengill after playing some, stu- you know, take out the papers on the trash <laughs> on CBS. And, and, and Bruno Mars played six Bruno Mars songs, talked for two minutes, and all of a sudden he's a talk radio genius. <laughs> right. I mean, I get, in, when you put people like, oh, and I hope you had some great success, but everybody knows, everybody knows, and I like Opie, I got no issue with Opie, but the real star of that show was Anthony. Anthony was the guy, that was it. Opie. Mark Chernoff once called my partner, Scott Kaplan, a good traffic cop, which I thought was a bit much. Scott's better than that, but that's all Opie was. Well, somebody always has to play one role in the other, right? right? Well, even Someone the show, has to be the even, quarterback. Yeah, even Bernie and Sid here. I was yeah. that guy. I was the Anthony. Bernie, who was the Anthony guy on Imus, was not that guy with me for six years. He was straight up politics. Couldn't get the guy to do a bit. You remember, he stopped doing bits five years ago. Yeah. He's like, I'm not doing it anymore. So I was more like Anthony with Bernie. Kind of that uh, analogy to Opie and Anthony.
But the, can I just say one more thing about this? No. The thing that's so intense for me. I guess is you're going to say it anyway. Yeah, I yeah. am. The thing that's so intense <laughs> about this is that I must wanted to get in the way of you guys after you had worked for him for so many years, especially Bernie, and he wanted to stop the show from happening. I mean, that just yeah, is everything true. about Th- everything you need true. to know about him is in that right there. God, you hate him. Well, how could you not hate him when you know that he was trying to get in the way? Because he's dead. Because he worships him. <laughs> because he was a genius. Yeah, he worships him. He was never going to let that go. No you matter know, no. what he tra- how he treated him, he's, you still worship and you, him. And would you agree, Lou, all honesty, he was rough on you at times, Rob yes. Bernie. Yes. Would you agree he treated me the worst by far? By far. Uh, close? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Close. He treated Rob Really well, that's yeah. But Rob is fat and stupid. He's right about that. <laughs> and he's almost dead, by the way, Rob. There's the, oh, wor- stop. There's the worship aspect right there. So, right there. I just proved my point. Oh, but I was right about that. Rob was awful. Right. Right. Stupid fat bastard, right. Rob. Uh, what about what Sid? Would be the first thing I would hear at 535 before yeah. we had 25. Where the F is Rob? Yeah. Uh, good morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meantime, it's getting like kidney dialysis. Right. The other, uh, Rob yeah. would be running into the studio <laughs> with the wire and a machine for a yeah. dragon behind him. Tweety coming out of his pants. Does he, want, does he want me? What did he want? Does he, uh, I don't know, Rob. He's not happy with something. What is it? Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, he was still a genius. He was a prick and all those horrible things. And now he's dead, but... I hate to say it, uh, uh, Noam, and you're the first to say that you love this show. You love this show. You, you said you've never had more fun in your radio career. It's true. You think this show was great, and I hate to tell you right. that I get told almost every day that I'm starting to sound more and more like Imus. Oh, really? I, am, I, mean, I know you don't want to hear that. But, <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. So uh, turn off your mic, you bastard. <laughs> worship, 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 Joe Tacopina is next. F you, Lou. <laughs> WABC 77 WABC This is Sit in Friends in the Morning No, I get by with a little help from my friends Joe Tacopino always gets the Beastie Boys. Joe Boo checks in, and you can appreciate this, Lou. You just had this. Having a bad case of COVID was preferable to going on Imus. <laughs> Abood also took a beating. Yeah. Everybody took a beating. Everybody did. Just like Henry Hill said. That's, and it's good to take one every now yeah, and then. Yeah. Everybody gets one. I'm hearing reports that my friend Lee Harris, you know, one year I did sports. I've done everything. It's amazing. I've now worked at W1EW, WABC, WFAN, and 1010 Wins in New York. That's pretty intense. And even did a fill-in show at K-Rock once with Max Kellerman. But I'm hearing uh, the one year I did sports for Mark Renee, the uh, anchors were Lee Harris. He's been there forever. And Judy DeAngelis. Judy has since retired. But I'm hearing that Lee Harris has resigned. I know he's on the air as we speak, but I'm hearing he's resigned. So can you find out if that's true, Justin? He was great to me. Ben Meverack, the whole crew at 1010 Wins, all right? Yeah. What's right. his name again? Lee Harris. Yeah. All right. Uh, listen, I've been promoting this all morning long. It's a big deal. I woke up this morning, came to work, 6 a.m. All the TVs are on. Every single television set was talking about E. Jean Carroll in court yesterday getting grilled by Trump attorney Joseph Tacopina, who, of course, is my dear friend of 43 years, couldn't be prouder, the best defense attorney in the country. Sorry, Arthur and Danielle. Here he is, the great Joe Tacopina. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Sydney. How are you? 
you know, <laughs> the Rangers have put me in a bad mood. I know. <laughs> that, 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 the fact I've been in court for uh, a week, I feel like I'm in a 12-round boxing match with Tyson. I'm sure. So now, I, think, I think you told me you're not in court today, but you're back on Monday. And I know you can't give me real specifics, obviously. Uh, that's uh, that's for you and your, your client, uh, President Donald Trump. But at least the TV stations all morning long, your name has been everywhere. And you know how they are, MSNBC, oh, this Trump animal attorney was tough on this lady, and she's already mm-hmm. been through so much. She got raped, and now Takapina's killing her. I wasn't well, that there. assumes it happened, right? Right. I mean, if, you, right. if you're an MSNBC, it happened, and without, you know, without a jury finding that it happened, and so you have to be, you know, I should apologize for her, I guess. But how, bad did, but how bad did it get yesterday, if it got bad at all? Uh, I mean, it didn't really, I wouldn't say it got bad. It wasn't overly contentious, quite frankly, and it, you know, it served its purpose. We, uh, you know, without commenting, said I can't really comment on the case when right. federal court. Right. Uh, but, but bottom line is, is it's when it's planned. Let's put it that way. When it's planned, and we're not even close to being done, so we have some more time to go. Do you feel like uh, the, I don't know, we're still days away, you're back in court Monday. Do you feel like whatever happened yesterday? Works out best for you and your client. You're never going to say no. I know you. No, no. One bad they say. What do you want me to say? But you feel no, like it yes. was a successful no, no, day. No. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. So now I believe with this one, Joseph. You know, you got involved obviously in the Alvin Bragg deal, and you actually were you were with the president the night before that Monday night at Trump Tower. You went with the president to court. You were part of a very historic picture. You Boris, the president, necklace and Todd especially the picture of you and Trump sitting there together. So you're involved in that. You're doing this case now with E. Jean Carroll, and I believe that's it. Is that it now for you and Trump after this, for now? Uh, for now. I mean, it's, I mean I'm mean, i only, you know, one person. I'm not going to be involved in seven cases. I, I don't do that. It's, you know, I put a lot into each case. Um, it takes a lot out of me. So right now those are two of the most important cases, and, and for him, obviously, and and. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. But right now, uh, you know, I'm handling two cases that have a lot of substantial ramifications for him. So, yeah. And where are we with the Brad case? And then we'll move on from Trump. Last you and I spoke, you were still gathering evidence. Uh, then after that, of course, you were going to start filing motions, a bunch of motions to dismiss. I believe you're due back in court for that one in December. Where are you guys right now? There's a, there's a hearing next week regarding the <clears throat> protective order and whether or not, you know, we can use the discovery in a certain way. So we haven't even gotten it yet. We're still, you know, we're still fighting out over the issue of whether we can or cannot um, use discovery freely. We can share with our client or how we can share with our client. So they're looking for protective order. We're opposing it. So there's a hearing next week. So really, we're still at step one. I want to go back to the uh, Carol thing for one moment. I just got a text from somebody you and I both love and respect, it's a really good question. Does Joseph feel like momentum might be lost when he has three days before he goes back into court, or does he prefer the three days to kind of reset, talking about being back in court Monday in the Carroll case? Uh, you know, I've had it both ways. It doesn't really matter. The jury will get right back into it after five minutes. And, and look, having a Friday off there after a long week is not a bad thing. It allows you to sort of recharge your battery a little bit. I mean, trials did are different than anything else. They're different than any other part of law. It's something that is so grueling, so intense. Um, you know, you're you're in court all day, and then every night we're up till 3 in the morning at least. Is that right? Getting ready. Oh, every night. So every night because there's something for the next day we have to prepare for. And, and part of what the way we do it, you know, I don't leave a stone unturned. There's just nothing 
you know, we'll look at everything and be ready for everything. And, and that's, you know, that's part of the recipe of my success. But for most true trial lawyers, it's a, uh, it's a different thing. It's a beast. I mean, that's why, you know, you, you, you ultimately after every trial, you just break down for a few days and yeah. you know, physically break down. So, but yeah, no, it's cool. And so having a day off on a Friday every now and then to reset and, and deal with life and, you know, it's not a bad thing. Morgan had her baby the other day, so. Oh, that. she did. But she did. Yeah. Mazel tov. Joseph is a grandfather. <laughs> uh, I hope they name the kid Sydney. Did they name the kid Sydney? <laughs> he was close. It was uh, Theo. Theo Joseph. Oh, so. congratulations, Joe. Yeah, he's a cute little kid. Yeah. Oh. She's in London. Are you going back to Europe? And when this trial's over, I'm absolutely doing that. Oh, my God, that's um, great. Yeah, and, and you know, so we were in, in court yesterday, and Ed Sheeran's there as well. In the same building. Oh, he's uh, he, the suit with the Marvin Gaye song. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I'm just saying some pictures of Theo. Um, so, so in court, uh, you know, the bottom line is um, there's a lot of people in that cafeteria. So Ed, Ed Sheeran came up to me and just shook my hand and said hello. He said, I heard about you. I just want to say hi. <laughs> Which wow. The other way around. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. really nice. He was really a polite kid. Yeah. Then yeah. we got around to talking. I told him about Morgan's living in London and, and the baby's coming and all that stuff. So yesterday he said, did the baby come? I said, yes. And he was the nicest dude. He was oh. asking really I mean, it's just a different guy, that guy. I mean, for yeah. a guy at that level of, of celebrity, but he was somebody who really cared, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, yeah, you, talk, you, nice. talk about, you talk about Ed Sheeran's level of celebrity. I got news for you. The last three weeks, he hasn't been on nearly the amount of TV shows and magazines yeah. that you've been in. And, and thank you for these uh, beautiful pictures. Joseph just sent me pictures of his beautiful new grandson. Again, Mazel Tov, congratulations. I'm a big Bet Sheeran fan, by the way. You know, one more uh, on the, 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 the Judge Kaplan. I know Trump has been all over the Judge Kaplan and continues to be all over the Judge, even while you're there in court, which has to make life more difficult for you, but who knows. Uh, how's it gone so far between you and the judge? Because I think you guys had a pretty decent working relationship before, but we know he's not a big Trump fan. Has that been an issue at all? That's a mild understatement. Um, <laughs> uh, Sid, let's, let's do this. Let's, let me pass on that one. Um, trying to get through this case. Uh, trying to get through this case and, 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 and you know, not cause Trump. I don't blame you. By the way, my daughter, talking about London, Ava, is coming home tomorrow. So, um there you have it. Great. Yep. We're good to get her back, yes. So Mike Pence is in the news today, Joseph Takapina. And it turns yeah. out that um, our friend Mike Pence testifying before the federal grand jury investigating Trump's role January 6th. Why is he doing that? And he's been adamant about it, yelling and screaming that Trump, you know, he, he put his, he put Mike Pence's life in danger. And, and I like Mike. I've interviewed him here. I met him here about six weeks ago. He's a decent man. He's a good conservative Republican. But when he says things like that, he sounds ridiculous. No? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I, I, I just don't think, you know, look, that's what he may have said to a group of, of people at a dinner. Um, you know, I, I find it very hard to believe he's going to say that inside of the grand jury because that's, that's not really factual. That's his opinion. Um, he's got to stay with the facts in the grand jury, and, and I don't think that's going to be any problem at all. Any problem at all when it comes to um, his his grand jury testimony? I mean, it has to be limited and specific. It has to be something where, and you know, don't forget, it was limited in what they could ask him. Um, you know, he he had to comply with the subpoena in some regards, but in some regards, he didn't have to testify um, because he he claimed there were some privileges there. And and look, this is all unprecedented, obviously. Um, but but I, I don't think Mike Pence.
Pence is going to be the, the problem no. um, for Donald Trump. I, no. I just don't. I think at the end of the day, he's, he realizes he has to um, testify truthfully. And there's nothing really, if he testified truthfully, in my opinion, that would cause President Trump to have any problems yeah. um, with, that, with that event. This IRS whistleblower has become a huge deal with Hunter Biden. You got a bunch of whistleblowers now and all of Hunter Biden's stuff. Tucker Carlson, before he got fired, Miranda Devine, New York Post, Tony Bobulinski. McCormick is the latest one to say, I know for a fact I was there. I've got it on tape when Hunter told Joe I'm dealing with Burisma in the Ukraine. So the House Republicans, as you know, Joe, are on a crusade to get Hunter. And they should be, quite frankly, between the IRS between him making money from all these other countries, the Ukraine, China, uh, Russia, the, the Moscow mayor's wife giving him $5 million. They should be. But uh, all we hear is is that they're looking at it, looking at it. Nothing's happened. But now it turns out that Hunter Biden has got on the offensive and asked his attorneys to look into the other side. What do you think about this mess? <laughs> I mean, I think this mess, if it plays out accurately and truthfully, is going to wind up with Hunter Biden being indicted. I mean, it should be. But again, you know, Sid, what I've come to learn in these last, particularly in the last four or five months, is that justice doesn't really matter anymore. Whether, you know, or let me just say it better. Justice is no longer blind, which it should be, right? Right. I mean, I, I think it's so, it's so ridiculous that it's become a weaponization um, tool for the political side, and it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, uh, Merrick Garland apparently um, prevented, you know, the, the federal prosecutors from looking into Hunter Biden. I mean, that's what this whistleblower has said. So, I, you know, I really don't know. But if, if justice prevails and you follow the, 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 the road of evidence, then everything from what I've read, and again, you can only go on what you've read, looks absolutely horrific for Hunter Biden. I don't know how he gets around it. Yeah. I just don't. But, you know, again, it's, it's, it's not just black or white anymore. It's not just, you know, where the evidence leads us. It's with, where the politics come into yeah. play. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a different justice system now. It really is. I'm experiencing it even in this trial. I mean, you know, without getting into details, it's clear that if my client's name was John Smith in this case, this would be the easiest case I've ever tried. It would never come up. Question. It would never, it come, would up. never come up. Right. It would never come up, and more importantly, it would it would never stand yeah. up. It would be the you see, but that's but that's the beauty. Like I had a buddy just now just texting me. He says, "I'm telling you, Trump's going to be indicted for January 6th. Who cares? He was already indicted and arraigned in New York by Alvin Bragg. He may get indicted for January 6th. He may end up with four indictments. And guess what? Every time this guy gets indicted and or arraigned, what happens? His poll numbers go up. He's getting indicted. He's not going to prison." He's not going anywhere. So who cares if he gets indicted? It's not like it's hurting his political chances, no, at least no, not yet. It's, 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 it's when you start targeting an individual because you don't like his politics or his persona or his personality. It, it's, it's, it's the wrong thing. It's the wrong message because the pendulum swings it. And, you know, today it's Trump. Tomorrow it could be Biden. The day after it could be somebody else. And, and all of a sudden, Democratic prosecutors start going after Republicans, and Republican prosecutors start going after Democrats. And it's, it's, it's exactly what horrifies me about where I see our justice system going. That's not justice. That's what used to happen in, in you know, Soviet Union, in, in, in Nazi Germany, in communist China. That is not what we should tolerate in this country. And I see that the justice system is being used as a political tool now, and that's yeah. that's bad stuff. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't say it any better. 
So on the way out, Joseph, a very simple question for a man, a genius like you. What angers you more? Where we're heading with the Justice Department, with our just with our system, I should say, or the last three efforts from the New York Rangers? Say, look, one thing's important, one thing's <laughs> less important, obviously. So actually, you can't compare those two questions. Obviously, the Rangers get me much more upset than than. than some some yeah. some broken part of our justice system. Yeah, right. of our people think you know. People yeah, think that's... people think you're kidding. You're not kidding. Like I think at one point last yeah. night you even got like a little testy with me because I was kidding around you about the devil's goalie. <laughs> you said the devil's goalie is better than Chesterkin. I'm like, well, if I could have reached through the phone, I would have killed. Better him. than Chesterkin. He's the best goalie ever. Ever. What do you mean better than Chesterkin? I think so. <laughs> He's insane. And honestly, we would have we got killed if it weren't for him last night. No, he played well. Worse. Yeah, he played well. But, but, yeah. but, you know, yet again, like this is a tale of two teams. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I don't want to get started, but we have to win Saturday. I still think they're going to win the series, but not if they show up like that. It's like they're lost. Panarin, the Banjet, nobody can score. Joe, they've scored it's two hard. goals in three games. You still think they're going to win the series because you go to court every day thinking you're going to win every trial. And you do, by the way. They ain't winning the this series. Attraction is important. So the law of attraction is how I live my life, right? The power of positive thinking. So I'm not going to give up on them yet. All right. All right. All right. So, um, so uh, as soon as this trial is over, so she's not coming oh, yeah. home with the baby. You're going to London, right? You're going there. Exactly. Because yes. Trump is going to be in Europe next week, too. I don't know if you know that, but. Yeah, I do. No, no, I know. I know the schedule. <laughs> well. <laughs> I know the schedule. Well, listen, congratulations. That's the most important thing, the fact that. You're a grandfather. You've got a healthy, beautiful, I see the pictures here, grandson. That's the most important. You're going to win this case. We know that already. You're going to win every case because that's what you do. You're Joseph Takapina. So congratulations on this uh, great morning. Thank you, as always, for being a tremendous guest. And I love you to pieces, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Love you, sir. You're the best. I love you, too. Joseph Takapina, right there, up till 4 o'clock in the morning in court yesterday. Of course, examining E. Jean Carroll and always finds time for Sid Rosenberg. That's three great hours in the books, folks, right? Glenn Rice, Joseph Takapina. Who else was on in the uh, 7 o'clock hour? Oh, well, that would be Curtis Lee. Oh, Curtis was great today. He's, uh, Curtis is always great. One more hour to go, folks. Beastie Boys ushers in the 9 o'clock hour. Come on. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy seven WABC.
Psychedelic Furs, ghosting you. Final hour of the week on your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Been a great show today. All of our guests, Curtis Sliwa, talking some radio history with Opie and Anthony and me and I miss all that good stuff. Glenn Rice was great. Heat Knicks, they get going Sunday at Madison Square Garden. And an exclusive moment to go for my dear friend Joe Tacopina, as he did, in fact, cross-examine E. Jean Carroll for President Trump yesterday, President Trump, his office called me yesterday. He'll be on next Wednesday. That is May the 10th, not the 30s in Europe next week. Wednesday, May the 10th, 8.05 a.m. I'll get 15 minutes with my friend, President Trump. Talking about friends, she is a tremendous congresswoman. Great. On this show all the time. Friend of ours for many, many years and a big weekend coming up with the big Greek Independence Day parade on Sunday, weather permitting, of course. It's our dear friend, Nicole Maliotakis. Nicole, good morning. How are you? Good. Great to be with you. Great to be with you. I know the, uh, you know, tonight we got that baseball game in Staten Island, second season for John and Margot's Ferry Hawks. We expect rain. Right. And Sunday we got the Greek Independence Day parade. We expect rain. What the hell's going on here? Uh uh, you know what? Let's hope for the best here and that it clears up because everyone on Staten Island is looking forward to the opening game of the Ferry Hawks tonight. Yeah, it was a big deal last year. Uh, season one was a big deal, now even better. Homer Bush, the manager, and came off a pretty good second half. And they should be a very good baseball team. They bring back Kelsey Whitmore, the female player, good player. So it should be big. And I know you're on Staten Island. So when you say everybody on Staten Island, you're one of those folks. Let's keep it to the state, the city and the state. The governor, Kathy Hochul, looks like we finally have a budget in place. It's not official just yet, but it should be in a couple of days, about $230 billion. She says uh, this new uh, budget will actually give judges discretion when it comes to bail reform. There's a few things in here that sounds to me even Republicans may like. Or is this uh, they put in the will of our eyes? What's the deal with this? Well, so first of all, let's start with the amount, right? I mean, again, uh, an incredibly bloated, tremendous budget that does not respect the taxpayers. I mean, you're talking about double what the state of Florida uh, spends when Florida has millions of more residents. So once again, you know, they're not looking to be conservative during these tough fiscal and economic times. They're looking to continue to hurt the American taxpayers and spend their money unwisely. Remember, uh, all sorts of things. In the past, that they've been spending money on, right, health care for those who are in the country illegally, uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, um, handouts and things like that that, um, you know, don't respect hardworking taxpayers. So we start with that. But is that that stuff in this budget, too, really taking care of the migrants, illegals? I mean, of course, course they're spending money on all sorts of stuff. They never stopped, you know, since, uh, you know, the days that I left, they had since uh, decided to give free college tuition to those in the country illegally. They decided to give free health care to people in the country illegally. So again, uh, a bloated budget, twice the size of Florida, where Florida has millions of more residents, just no justification for that whatsoever. Um, but what I'll say, aside from that, uh, the bail stuff, uh, we were hopeful that um, Kathy Hochul would, would stick to what she said and allow judges to use discretion to, con- to consider dangerousness, right? Uh, what I'm understanding now, the details are not out yet. The actual budget is not out yet. But what I'm understanding is that she kind of caved to the left wing here and is only allowing them to 
not have to be not judges don't have to use the least restrictive means, but can only be they can only consider whether someone will return to court or not, whether they are flight risk, not whether they are violent and dangerous to the community and wow. may commit another crime. I, I got to tell you, I'm, 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 glad, I'm, I'm glad you just said this because it does read that in today's New York Post, Nicole. On page seven, would Nick's, quote, least restrictive bail law? Because the media is so phony that they would have you believing that she actually did the latter, that it is about the dangerousness clause and keeping really bad people off the streets. And as you just pointed out, that's not the case. Well, yeah, so we're waiting for that, that text to come out. But the, when, I, when I heard that there was a deal, I was I was – I heard that it was least restrictive is just eliminated, which means that they can only still consider you if you're not a flight risk. And the dangerous component is really so critical. But, look, let's be honest. In in boroughs outside of Staten Island, uh, the judges are quite liberal, and you see them releasing dangerous people uh, even when prosecutors ask for bail. Okay? So, um, you know, I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make, um, but it, it, it is a step at least in the right direction. It's just not enough. It's just yeah. simply not enough. Uh, and, and, you know, we are concerned, obviously, that crime is going to continue as long as they, they, they keep this law uh, basically uh, the same. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I want to give it, I want to at least let them come out with the text first, uh, but that's my understanding of what mm. it is. And you're right. The New York Times, um, I saw some other, you know, the, uh, the media on television saying uh, dangerous, this would allow them to keep dangerous offenders, but they're not considering dangerousness. Hmm. They're considering only if they're a flight risk. That's the difference there, and that's where the progressives won, and that's where Kathy Hochul caved. That's a big difference. I'm not surprised she caved. And talking about not enough, and I know Hochul was in favor of this, and so am I. can't believe I'm agreeing with her, but I did a couple of times the last couple of weeks, and that is charter schools. Only 14 new charter schools for New York. Now, the mayor, Eric... He has been very, very high on charter schools for years. But when he was pressed a couple of weeks ago, we started talking about money, 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 money. And all of a sudden wasn't yelling and screaming about charter schools. Talking about not enough. 14, Nicole, not enough. Yeah, well, charter schools are are great institutions. In fact, uh, on Monday I was with Success, Success Academy. Um, and at their annual gala, talking about how amazing the achievements of their students, 100% college-bound, uh, all of them are acing their exams. They are outperforming, sadly, uh, our public school system, and, and they are a great model that we should be looking to repeat across the country. And, that, and just while we're on this topic, we just had a hearing with Randy Weingarten, the uh, fed, you know, yeah. the uh, yeah. <laughs> teachers union on the yeah. federal level, yeah. talking about how she worked to keep schools closed. She should be in prison. She should be in prison. A year after, a year yeah. after the private and Catholic schools had opened and she had pushed to keep them closed. And so we went after her on that uh, in the collusion between teachers union and uh, the Biden administration to set triggers to keep public schools closed. In New York City, man, it, it's so tragic what we're seeing as a result of that loss in learning. Uh, 50% of the kids are failing their uh, reading exams. A third are failing, or, or only a third are passing their math exams. Uh, and it, it, they're actually lowering the standards in New York State because that's how bad it is. Mm. They have to lower the standards to uh, help kids pass. And, and that should not be. No. Um, so we should be doing more of what the charter schools are doing 
and, and not what Randy Weingarten is telling them to do. Now, Mulgrew and Weingarten should both be in prison. So the Post reads today, Nicole, stop the buses. Adams begs FEMA to halt border convoys. 1,300 migrants arrived in New York City just this week. Now, the mayor is supposed to be on today. He is busy. Fabian Levy at the um, at uh, the City Hall there told me he'll come on on Wednesday. That's fine. But, you know, a lot of people are saying this morning, and Mr. Mayor, stop yelling and bitching and complaining about the migrants. Stop asking Joe Biden for money when you're the one bending over backwards to take care of these people. It's one thing to show human interest. I get that. They're human beings. So are you. But the fancy hotels, the food, all the things we've done for them that the mayor is good with is way over the top. So some are saying his words today, they don't exactly care because what he says is not what he practices. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And when the mayor comes on, I'm sure he's going to tell you, he's going to point to the right to shelter law. And he's going to say, well, we have a right to shelter law that requires housing anybody in New York. What you need to do is tell him that that right to shelter law, the intent of that when it was uh, adopted in 1980 was actually a court decree, was for U.S. citizens, New Yorkers who are citizens. It's different, never meant that we had to house citizens of other countries. He chose to do that, and he's not challenging it, quite frankly, like Mayor Giuliani did, like Mayor Bloomberg did, and he should be challenging that right to shelter to get clarification because it is not meant for citizens of other countries. It would be ridiculous. How many people are on the planet? So you're telling me if everybody on the planet decided to come to New York City, we would have to house them? It's just ridiculous. So so um, he needs to challenge that. And he's the only mayor, by the way, who decided to house individuals for this long periods of time. No other city's doing this. Why is New York doing it? We don't. We shouldn't be doing it. It's wrong. And, it, and he complains about the resources, but he should be stop the housing and also tell the president to secure the border. We have Republicans and Democrats now saying the border needs to be secured. We just came out with a great bill with Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise to secure our border. We're going to be passing that out of the House. Uh, yep. And this is the time to get on board yep. and tell the president to stop. And by the way, it is it is so tragic what is happening. All these minor children that are coming in, we don't know where they are. They've been handoff where? We had a whistleblower come the other day before our committee saying that they are being uh, abused, that they are being, you know, worked long hours illegally in different uh, industries. How are we allowing this human trafficking to be taking place? Yeah. Um, it is really horrible. Yeah. Uh, what He's not doing the migrants any favors by allowing this type of human sex trafficking and other activities, drug trafficking to happen. Yeah, so, that's uh, we, that's where it becomes very difficult with the mayor. The story you just touched on, I was actually on TV across the street yesterday when Scalise and Jordan broke in with their press conference. And, look, we know Title 42, Nicole, is about to come to an end. Mayorkas is saying, don't you worry, we're shutting it down. It's going to be closed after May 5th. In the meantime, he's the biggest liar in D.C. But uh, to your point about the kids, these are unaccompanied minors. And uh, at least the rumors are this is sweatshops, 1920 sweatshops. All over again. So if you're Mayor Eric Adams, and by the way, I know him. All right, he's a good heart. He's not a bad guy. He's a good heart. Forgetting about the adult migrants, how can you possibly, possibly make an argument for what's going on with these kids? Yeah, I mean, where's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with her crocodile tears? What, 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 
where are these people when they're seeing that American citizens are dying from the fentanyl streaming over our border, when they're seeing these children, these young children being exploited, when they know that women and children are being raped along the journey, um, the sex trafficking that's taking place. It is, it is just horrible. And, and, and I think that there's a solution here, and we can increase the number of, of visas, uh, work visas, family-sponsored visas. Um, for people who want to come in and contribute or be with their families who are already U.S. citizens. Um, There's a solution here, but it has to start with securing the border. You need to stop the flow, get control of our border, stop feeding it to the drug cartels, and then let's work on uh, having a policy where we know who is coming in and out of our country. Nicole, you're always great. I hope the weather does hold up. See you at the uh, baseball game later on tonight, Season 2 of Staten Island Ferry Hawk Baseball, Homer Bush. And that crew get going. And then, of course, on Sunday at the Greek Independence Parade. I think if I remember correctly, a couple of years ago, me and Danielle, uh, they they canceled the parade because of COVID. So John and Margo, these two lovely people, they had that yacht parade. And did I meet your mom and dad that day? My mother was with me, and it was like the hottest day yes. ever yes. in New York City history. <laughs> yes, but she was so sweet and so nice. She didn't seem bothered at all. And, and uh, in fact, yeah, she, you, you remind me she's very much Cuba. of her. She's, she's from Cuba. She's bioengineered for hot weather. So. Oh, she, yeah, she's used to that. That's true. That's right. Because so, you're uh, part Cuban and part Greek, right? That's correct, yeah. Um, what, a, what a spicy combination, Nicole. Hey, listen, have a great weekend. You were great again today. Keep coming back. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Thanks. Great to have you. Nicole Maliotakis right here on Sid and Friends in the morning. And uh, she uh, straightened out some stuff about this Kathy Hochul budget. Be careful what you read today because she straightened it out. She good, that Nicole. All right, we'll play the game later, I think. I don't know. If I'm in the mood, I'll just sponsor something by Pete Morgan. I just farted. Do whatever you want, man. That fart was sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Borders. <laughs> Friday. Go to happy hour. Leave me alone. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Entertaining show today. Been tied up, but I caught Glenn Rice earlier. That was great. Takapino was great. He loved the conversation about Opie. And Pete Morgan has just said this. Leslie Slender, I hope you're listening. Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, the title sponsor of all of Sid's farts. 
That's a big deal, Ellie. I just got the email. From you me. got it too? Yep. No. No, I got it. It's just like, please make get this make this happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, but there, there's an open and a close. You have to do the right. open you and do the, the close. Open and the close. Like if you miss the close, right. it's gonna be a problem. Can you get Sid in here this afternoon and we'll do like a <laughs> put his ass by the mic and so that's just to be clear, yeah. that's two farts. Yeah, two farts. That's a fart at the front. Right. That's a fart at the back end. <laughs> yeah. Libertini, like, oh. okay, that was good. Now can you do one? Yeah. One more. Yeah. Do higher. Yeah. Can somebody go get him from Taco Bell across the street so we can? Yeah, just go higher. See, Pete's got a good sense of humor. You know I love you. You know I love you. You know that sounded good, but i got to get another one. So one of the stories I wanted to cover when I had Glenn Rice on, it's actually a very serious story with the Heat and the Knicks, and one of the faces of that rivalry is the former Heat great Dwayne Wade. Fact, I always thank Corey Zelnick for this, but when Dwayne Wade, my kid Gabriel, we grew up in, uh, he grew up in Florida. He was born in Florida. Ava was born in New York, and she was 18 months when Danielle and I took her down to South Florida, she spent most of her important years down in Florida. But she was born here. Gaby, born in 2008, was born in Boca Raton, Florida. And he was a Boca guy, you know. And uh, we'd go to Heat Nick games, and he went to school. All of his little friends, these little bastards, they all liked the Heat, you know. They all had uh, James jerseys and Bosch jerseys and Wade jerseys. So he grew up with Dwayne Wade. He still liked the Knicks. He had a Carmelo Anthony doll. I'll never forget that. Uh, we bought that in Delray Beach for him. But he knew all these Heat players, you know. So when Dwayne Wade was playing his last game at Madison Square Garden, I reached out to a guy named Tim Donovan. Donovan happened to be, and still is, I believe, for many, many, many years, the PR guy for Pat Wiley and the Heat. And he loved me down in Miami because I was a good basketball guy. And I said, I know I'm back in New York now and I haven't seen you in a couple of years, but... My kid would love to see Wade play his last game at the Garden. Not only did Tim Donovan get us in, but he was able to get me and Gabe to walk on the court after the game and take a picture with Dwayne Wade. We still have that. In fact, the other guest that night was Jamal Adams, former safety of the Jets. I think he's on Seattle now. It was a great memory. And it's a great picture of me, Gabriel, and Dwayne Wade. We'll always have it. But Wade, of course, lived in Florida. He went to Marquette. Lived in Florida. Uh, the greatest Florida athlete ever in terms of championships, more than James, more than Shaq, more than Dan Marino, more than any of those Florida greats, Dwayne Wade owns the most championships, three. And he made his home in Miami, but he left. And you're going to say to me, why would Dwayne Wade, Mr. Miami, married to the beautiful actress superstar Gabrielle Union, why would he leave Miami? And turns out Dwayne Wade had a son. And now that we're in 2023, Dwayne Wade's son is now Dwayne Wade's daughter. He um, transitioned. And Dwayne Wade felt like Florida, having a Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, who's a great governor and a hero, and as far as I know, and I follow this relatively closely, very closely, has never said one thing bad about the gay community, he did come up with the Parental Act, the Parental Act, which the left, the left renamed the Don't Say Gay Bill. Now, for you folks that don't pay attention, there is not one place, not one place in Ron DeSantis's heroic Parental Act which mentions the word gay. Not one. Not one yet. The media don't say gay. DeSantis is a homophobe. All bullshizzle. All of it. 
But Dwayne Wade is an African-American man. He's a Democrat. He's got a child that transitioned, and he bought it. He didn't do his homework. Of course he didn't. Dwayne's a super guy. I know Dwayne very well. He's a sweetheart and a great basketball player. But he's not about to break down the difference between the House and the Senate anytime soon. So he left. And he was asked the other day by Rachel Nichols on her headline show about moving out of the state of Florida because of their, quote-unquote, LGBTQ policies. Here's former heat great Dwayne Wade, cut number 11. What do you have to say to some of those state legislators who maybe have your jersey in their closets, who came and brought their kids to your game to cheer for you? Um, well, you know, I think that's, that's, that's another reason why I don't live in this state. A lot of people don't know that. I have to make decisions for my family, um, not just personal individual decisions. I mean, obviously the taxes is great. Okay. You know, having Wade County is great. But my family would not be accepted or feel comfortable there. Not true. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I don't live there. A lie. They did rename Dade County. They didn't really rename it. He's kind of kidding. But they, the folks were called Dade County, Wade County. And there was great tax breaks. Say you, don't pay, you don't pay state tax. But what he said is a lie. It's a flat-out lie. He would not be treated any differently than he is now as a major superstar. He's not beloved like I am. He's revered. He's a god. He's a god. Trust me. I don't know where he lives now. What's ironic about the story is you would think he would say, well... I left the palm trees behind because of my child, and I moved to New York, or I moved to any one of the 40 blue states in this country. And listen, let me tell you something. Dwayne Wade, to me, is also a bit of a hero. Here's a guy who is a basketball player, Hall of Fame basketball player. You can make an argument right behind guys like Michael and Kobe as a top five two-guard in the history of the game. Right, he's a manly man, Dwayne Wade. And he loves his kid. He loves his kid. A lot of guys out there, you're a famous basketball player, you're a man's man, and your kid not only turns out to be gay, but transitions, changes sex. A lot of guys couldn't handle that. So I got to give Dwayne Wade a lot of credit. Because whether you agree with that community, don't agree with that community, you're for it, you're not for it, you're Mike Pence. You're all about the Bible. Dwayne Wade's a good father. I give Dwayne Wade a lot of credit. And if I'm not kid, man, I love my dad. But that doesn't give Dwayne Wade the right to lie about DeSantis and Florida and their policies and how people are treated there. That's all I'm saying. Is that fair? I'm giving him credit for being a terrific dad in a very tough spot. But don't lie. Don't lie. No one's going to treat you badly there. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think he, he, it's less of him lying and more of him just not knowing the facts. Right. So. Well, yeah, ignorance is not an excuse either. No, it's not. But yeah. I think lying is a worse excuse. Okay, fair enough. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. My name is Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. <laughs> And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because you heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God.
You might be walking and be. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, thank you very much. Billy Idol, Eyes Without a Face. Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Find them at peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do make the world's best boilers and sponsor the world's loudest farts. What a big day for Pete. You know. <laughs> I'm watching uh, the television coverage. Man, we've covered a lot of stuff today. I mean, cr- I mean, crazy. From the state budget with Nicole Maliotakis to Takapina live on the show talking about his day in court with E. Jean Carroll and the president yesterday to, I don't know, I mean, uh, uh, Curtis Sliwa, some radio history, Glenn Rice, Eaton Nicks, Dwayne Wade. But I just saw on TV. One of these channels is doing like a tribute, if you will, to Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer died yesterday at the age of 79 years old. Jerry was on my shows down in Miami quite a bit. I like Jerry. He was a colorful guy. You know, he, he had his issues. I believe when he was the mayor of Cincinnati, he bounced a check to a hooker. <laughs> That's the easiest way to get caught, I would imagine, but... That's what he did, you know. But he was um, he was actually a really funny guy, nice guy, a lot smarter than people thought. And people, they get so angry with Springer. And I got to explain this to you folks. And I learned this first time about my beautiful wife, Danielle, in economics class in college. It's called supply and demand. If there wasn't demand for Jerry Springer, he wouldn't have been Jerry Springer. Same thing with Kim Kardashian. Like, my friend Ralph, he gets so mad. Kim, Folks, stop being stupid. If enough people like it, that's supply. There's going to be demand. So all Jerry Springer did was say, hey, I can make a lot of money. I'm going to have the trashiest of the trash. White, black, it didn't matter. The trashiest of the trash do things on stage that people thought only happened in a trailer park. And I'm going to make a lot of money. And he did it. And guess what? All you morons watched. I did. Not every day. Not every show. But I watched. All of you did. And he said, so angry. Oh, Jerry Springer. Be quiet. That's the beauty of America. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. It's like this radio show. If you don't like it, well, you know what I say. <laughs> The great Anthony Barbarisi T-shirt, but you know what I'm saying, Noam. I mean, people get so angry when people they feel are less than 
Kardashian's a slut and a moron, and Springer was just a clown. And all that may be true, but they can buy you 100 times over. So instead of being jealous, take it for what it is. Economics 101, supply and demand. Yes? Yeah, well, with Springer, you know, when he started that show, it was a politics show. But, you know, it wasn't moving the needle, so he had to change things up. He was a genius. Lisa Orban checks in. If Pete Morgan's going to sponsor your farts, RPM wants to sponsor your burps. We'll take it. We need the money. We need the money. This is where bathroom humor becomes like, it's fine. Oh, Ralph Napolitano, who hates Kim Kardashian, just said Jerry Springer's a genius. So who knows with these people? Where do you find these uh, sound effects? We're not doing sound effects. Justin's opening the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I got to tell you, I come in in the morning. I usually oh, come in about uh, 5 no, o'clock. No, no, no. Oh, don't tell me. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now. So I spend about an hour alone in the studio behind this studio. But we do the show from there's another studio. There's like three studios. And we cut up all the sound for the show and go over show ideas and, and all that stuff. And I got to tell you, three out of five days, I can't even sit in that room. He's proud of it, too. He'll, he's telling you, like, hey, you, you want to sit in your, your own right. risk? Right well, he now. goes at it. Now, right, first I, give of all, fa- I give fair warning. He's got a horrible diet. Me? So that, that does lend to stinkiness. A horrible diet. How do you and know? then he drinks a lot of alcohol. No. Drugs and everything, so. Well, okay, maybe, but not the. What? Brittany Griner spoke yesterday. Why would Brittany Griner speak That's yesterday? Segue from farts to Brittany Griner. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Well, why did Brittany Griner speak yesterday? Uh, uh, Noam, what is that about? Uh, beginning of the NBA season, WNBA season, I'm guessing. Oh, it started yesterday? Well, she was there in her, you know, with the Mercury background. Is she still on the Phoenix Mercury? Yeah, she is. I think you're right. Usually uh, midway through the NBA playoffs, and we're there right now, you get the WNBA season. We're actually into second round action. Heat Knicks. 76ers and Celtics in the East, Denver, Phoenix, and the winner of Sacramento Golden State taking on the winner of the Lakers, Memphis in the West. So you're right, must have been the beginning of the WNBA season. Brittany Griner, after spending 10 months detained by the Russians, spoke out for the first time yesterday. Here's what she had to say, Brittany Griner. Now let me remind folks that the Marine, the Marine, who I hear good and bad about, this, you know, I've heard some bad things about this Marine, but... He's a Marine still. Right? And, you know, I had good and bad about everybody. This guy's a Marine. He's a hero. He's still in jail, as is that journalist. But Brittany Griner is home, and she's going to play some basketball. Cut number 17. I can say for me, I'm, I'm never going overseas to play again unless I'm representing my country uh, at the Olympics. I don't knock any player that wants to go overseas and, you know, make a little bit um, extra money. Um, I'm hoping that our league continues to grow. See, she blames it by going overseas. Now, I would say this. She was treated unfairly, completely. The punishment was not worthy of the crime. And I wanted her to come home as much as I despise her politics and don't really like her. I wanted her home as an American. I still think it was a horrible trade, and I would not have done it. I would not have done it. Sorry, we'll keep the arms dealer. You keep the basketball player. But she's home. I'm happy for her. But at no point there does she say, maybe next time I go overseas, I won't take cannabis. And, again, she took very little. She didn't deserve what she got, but she did do something illegal, no? Or no? No, maybe not. This is a one more Brittany Griner cut number 
18, I guess. Play this. And I would say to to everyone that is wrongfully detained um, right now across the world, uh, stay strong, keep fighting, don't give up. All right, there you have it. Very inspiring words. Like Newt Rodney out of Brittany Griner. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We'll come back, give you our last thoughts of the week, wrap up another amazing week of New York's number one talk show, Sitting Friends in the Morning with Billy Idol, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Radio 77 WABC. Boy, you're my best friend. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Joe, Joe Namath is going to join us next week. Joe's an old friend of mine for 25 years. Back to my days at Sportsline. And he all excited about Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets. So we get Joe Namath next week, Donald Trump the week after. My beautiful wife. There's a very good point you just made. And it's true. It's a fact. A man in Singapore was sentenced to death and hanged for one kilogram of marijuana. So that'll learn you, Brittany Griner. Don't be going to Russia with any weed, you know. A heck of a week of shows, huh, boys? Huh? You have fun, Lewis? Uh, excuse me, I got to do some hanging once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a... No, we had a great time. Yeah. A great week. We missed you when you had COVID and whatever else you have. I don't know. Uh, I think you have a multiple of, uh, you got all kinds of stuff. I don't know. Well, I had Monkey great... pox. Yeah, I had a great couple of days. It was a lot of fun. So, <laughs> sorry you missed it. Well, glad you're back. Hey, Justin, can't yeah. say enough about you. Great job. Noam Layden. Tremendous. All great guests coming up next week. And again, mark your calendar. Wednesday, May the 10th, 8.05 a.m. Eastern Time. President Donald Trump with me, Sid, right here. Ava's coming home this weekend. We're excited about that. Stan Allen Ferry Hawk Baseball tonight, the big parade. Greek Independence Day on Sunday. Congrats to John and Margo and the whole crew. We done, folks. I'm out of here. So, from all of us on Sitting Friends in the Morning. To all of you, until 6 a.m. on Monday morning.
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. 